Panago Pizza presents S D P the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Hi, everyone. Hi. Are we we're started, right, Jesse? Sure. Okay. Yeah, we're started. Great. That's Hi. great. Hey, Hi. listen. Welcome, hey. Uh, welcome to Isolation Day. Who the hell knows? It's just, it's all each day blends into the next. And in, in Canada, it's gray and rainy. Or if you're in Calgary, there's still snow on the ground. Is and there? Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Yeah. It'll snow in Calgary till July. Uh, because <laughs> what happens? No, no, ask anybody who lives in Calgary. They'll be like, yeah, it's yeah. July and it's 25 degrees. Uh, later, it'll hail. <laughs> it's just a wild place, man. It's just, it's just crap. As crap. a city. That way. <laughs> as a city, how do you rate Calgary compared to Toronto? Oh, man. Okay. I will say this: the weather's better. I'll tell you what. The weather's better in Toronto. They don't have, no, 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 Calgary. Calgary. And I'll tell you what. Okay. You get more days of sun in Calgary than you get anywhere else. And to a guy who I have to be, I have to have windows, bright rooms. I paint everything I have white because I need brightness in my house. I'm not one of those people that can have like a dark house. Uh-huh. Um, that was so key. It was awesome because you just—it's it, never not bright and. Um, in the middle of winter, as people from Calgary know, Chinooks goes up 20 degrees, went randomly one day in January and you're like, wow, I can wear shorts outside. Um, and, and then of course it hails in the summertime and you get some crazy storms. So that's our, so I say weather wins for Calgary and how do I rate it against Toronto? Well, Toronto's my hometown, so that's a little unfair, but I got to tell you, there's, uh, so much going on there and it's a young demographic. It's like the average age of a Calgarian is 35 or at least wow. So you think like it's a lot of people our age, young, vibrant, exciting, lots right, of new right. business ideas. And like, it's just cool. It's a great, it's a great city. Um, and then you've got, here's the thing on the weekends, I used to wake up and I had that little car back then. And in 40 minutes, I was in the mountains. Which car? The, yeah. little, the little Nissan, the two seater that I used to scare Nissan. Steve. What, what Nissan was it? It was a 350Z. Just Adam's so the people know. little bullet that he <laughs> yeah. always drove the speed limit in. And Steve definitely, always. definitely <laughs> did not enjoy driving with me in that car. <laughs> Man, there was one night, there was one night, like a crazy snowstorm night. That's when we recorded at your mom's house. There was, there was all kinds of, uh, like all the trees were down. There was, yes, was the ice storm. storm. Yeah. You drove me home. In what I think was negative four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. The thing about that car is that it was it like the engines got some power, but it was it's they're relatively cheap. My and and the cars are so light that they go really fast. And one of the things that you you notice when you get into a performance, like it's low end performance, but you get into a car that's got some 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 speed to it, is that whatever direction you point it in, you better be sure that's the direction you want to go. Right. Like with my pickup now, it's like I can, it'll take some time. Maybe I need to make a split second decision or whatever. No, with cars like that, it's like you're here and now you're there and there's no time to think. So you better make sure you're right. So you need and, to be a good uh, driver is what you're saying. Well, I mean, no, not necessarily. You sometimes oh. it makes you an asshole, but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, I, I love scaring Steve in it because Steve used to get real scared, Jesse. Uh, one of my favorite things sure. about Steve is how he drives. Mm. Two hands on the wheel. That's a 10-2, baby. 10-2. <laughs> One mouth out the window, usually. <laughs> you got yelling at people, and you're also going uh, at least 10 under the speed limit. Yeah. That is not... Have I ever <laughs> driven you? Yeah, couple, yeah oh, we've yeah. driven a lot. Yeah? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I can't yeah. even. In the yeah. uh, in the um, Leafs Nation car. Yes, you got to Nation. take that off. The Mazda Six, your, baby. Your little bumper Ooh. sticker. Or is it Mazda? Oh no, 3? it's a three. It's, it's a, a Mazda three. three. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the bumper sticker is finally gone. <laughs> yeah. Steve tried to take it off with a set of keys, uh, which is great for your bumper. You can still smart. see some of the sticker. <laughs> no, but then no, and then we got like Gugon or something like that, and it wouldn't come off. It wouldn't wow. come off. Like for my birthday, uh, Mrs. Dangle got my car detailed. That was my birthday present. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, it and was actually it really good. And they got it off oh, after like four God. years. Yeah, it was, a, yeah, it was a leafstation.com. <laughs> I haven't worked for them for God knows how long. Was it was it their way of saying, don't forget, you're here forever? It was, yes, basically. <laughs> Your content is trapped here forever. Trapped here forever. And we're going to lay you off on New Year's Day. Is that what anyway, happened? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> you got laid off from Leafs Nation? <laughs> well... I don't know. They were making cuts. Anyway, we don't need to get into all you that. You got laid wow. off from Leafs Nation? You wow. You wow. were, dude, we were on this show when you stopped working there. I mean, mm-hmm. Adam, Steve Dangle's expensive, you know, so. You know, <laughs> 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 what a dick so thing to say. Oh no, God. it was, no, I understood. I understood. Okay. Wow. Anyway. I wasn't making original content for them because I couldn't. So right. no, but it was okay. well. That's fair. If you're not doing that, then that's kind of hard to do. Uh, that's that's tough. That's tough for them to pay for. I get yeah, it. I will say here, like I'll, I'll I'll give a little inside baseball there. Uh, so Wanye Gretz, the mm-hmm. uh, the owner of uh, all the the nation sites, uh, Oilers Nation being the mothership uh, that started it all. So <laughs> when I first got my job for Sportsnet, I had to call him up and. <laughs> I had to call him up and tell him, like, listen, I can't, I can't work for LeafsNation.com anymore. Right. Um, I got this new job. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. At some company you've never heard of called Sportsnet. It's called Sportsnet. Yeah. yeah. So I called him up and I told him that, and you know, I practiced this and like I'd met him. Like he flew me out to Edmonton. I I got to see the Leafs win four nothing. James Reimer got the shutout. Is that what um, you were calling it, Ed Money, the new Dubai? Ed Money, the new Dubai. That's when, that's when, um, I don't know if Jesse was with the show yet because someone had a giant, like a banner, like a banner that wouldn't have even fit in this room um, that said hashtag Steve's PP on it. No, I wasn't with the show at the time. No, no, they, uh, they came from Nova Scotia uh, to Edmonton with a giant Steve's PP sign. Anyway, so I was really, I didn't want to let Wanye down. Cause like he'd been very good to me and like they gave me a, a gig and, and a little bit of money when I had none. Um, that was one of the little income sources I had during the lockout. And so I tell him, I go, yeah, sorry, I got to leave. Got this new job, but uh, you know, exclusivity, all that silence on the other end, of, on the other end of the phone. And he just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, he's one of those fast talking business guys. He just goes, no. No, here, here's what you tell him. And so he told me what to tell him, and I actually got to to post stuff to theleafsnation.com for a couple of years before That's they were. Yeah, it wasn't none of it was new. Yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't have employed me any longer either. So no, no, I'm not, <laughs> no ill will. No, I just think it's hilarious that that you, you get laid off, Matt. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, no, I, I wasn't giving him anything new. Like, I, I, I get it. I wasn't Mikey Stevens. What he's what he's doing now. Well, okay. he's, is he still, I know he's doing Yahoo and stuff too. Is he still with them? Oh, frig. Mike, if you're listening, I can't keep track. I know he's with Yahoo Sports. <laughs> I, I think, I, I don't think he's exclusive. And what kind of loser graduates University of Toronto early? 
Am I right? Loser. What kind loser. of loser? Loser. Did any of you, anyone listening to this, uh, see our stream or NHL Twenty stream? I, I liked our stream. What was ours? Yeah, because yeah, I went off on a certain I have loser. A question. What? I have a question. Do what? you enjoy those streams? Because it seems like you enjoy gonna... it at the beginning, and then by the end, you want to take rip your eyeballs out. Yes. <laughs> no. Well, okay. So it's, and it it's seems two to work that way every time. It's two pronged. the The one very obvious prong is I'm extremely competitive. <laughs> okay. In chill, okay. I get mad. I get mad. And you and Adam, friggin' Batman and Robin, and you take your turns <laughs> being Batman and your turns being Robin. You just turn on me, and you just gang up on me while I'm trying to carry the team on my back. We're just there to have fun, though. Yeah, man, I'm there to have a good yeah. time. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. No, you know what it is? I've done a bunch of these streams I've uh, with the podcast channel, with uh, the Sportsnet channel, with my channel, and it's not my element. And boys, I'm sorry for taking it out on you. I'm frustrated. I've gotten, I just, all the technical issues and all oh, your mic sucks and you're trying to talk to people while you're actually doing something. And it is I'm more just, of an art than people make it seem right. Yeah. Like I think, yes. You know, when people are talking about like, Oh, these streamers, oh, let's just play video games and talk to people. It's really like just stream. on it. It's just stream. Yeah, just sit do there it. And play video games. Do just, it. Just, just stream. No. <laughs> be entertaining and play a video. Here's the thing: being entertaining is hard enough. Now play a video game, doing it, and do it well. Yeah. Um, Live broadcast from your home. Yeah. <laughs> just do that. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you simply do it? Simply broadcast. Now, now, one thing I will say is, as someone who worked in landscaping and and construction and chopper struggle and all that stuff, it's way more fun. A lot of the time. Than oh, some yeah. Of the, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make it easy to do well on a level that you could make a career out of. That's right. the difference. I just want to make that distinction, you know, noted. Yes, um, we're not comparing streaming to heart surgery. Or one, one is more difficult and the other is heart <laughs> right. surgery. And I'm sure a lot of people understand that. <laughs> right. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> right? a lot of people Although, get it. I do have a question about that. And this doesn't, okay. this doesn't talk, this doesn't speak about to heart surgery? anything. No, about well, are there, <laughs> are there more professional streamers in the world playing video games or heart surgeons? Oh, like ones that can uh, actually make a living doing it. You know what I mean? Because there are say, one has been around a lot uh, shorter a time than the other. So right. uh, heart surgery kind of has a, a, a then heart start. surgery's got the edge. Yeah, yeah, I think it has a head start. <laughs> See, you and can, it's also a much more practical route. You know, there's a direct yeah. route to heart surgery. You can, so be a bit of a, you can be a bit of a bootleg streamer, though, like a sort of really low-budget streamer. I feel like, like there us? are... Yeah. 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 But I feel like there are no bootleg heart surgeons. No. There no. are no... Well, here's a lesser-known heart no. surgeon. Dr. Wait. Nick Riviera? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Inflammable means flammable? What a country. <laughs> uh, no, I... I What's interesting about that is uh, 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 it would probably, for a lot of people, like Steve, how long have you been doing this? Doing what? The streaming? Not streaming, but like YouTube. Oh, oh my God. Uh, I had to remind Mrs. Dangle, actually. So I posted the, the LFR for game three against the Caps because I was on the other night. Mm-hmm. And I was floating around the idea of doing classic ones because they showed a game from 2004. I think it was game seven against the Sens. And Mrs. <laughs> My wife goes, uh, oh, like, 
were you making videos back then? And I go, 2004? No. <laughs> I go, I, I, I started after we met. You got me the webcam. She's like, well, when, when was that? I go, when was that? <laughs> what do you mean, when was that? 2007. So anyway, I've been doing it for 13 years. So it is not a fair question, though. Well, she forgot. <laughs> but 2004 was question. before 2007, and that's Steve, when we met. Steve, you, of all people, cannot be the one giving your wife a hard time for forgetting something. Right? I have a great long-term memory. You can <laughs> I have a horrible... I don't remember... Like, I don't remember how the show began, mm-hmm. but I remember 2004. Right. You wrote a whole book right. based on remembering things from 2004. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> basically. <laughs> pretty much. That's no, there, there was a reason I was asking this and hoping for a one-word answer, but that's not what I got. No, uh, it's never what you get, is no. it? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I was what do you asking need? What do you want? You, you should what? know better. You what? said 13 years, right? Yes. And you don't make what a heart surgeon makes. It takes a heart oh. surgeon. Uh, it takes a heart surgeon probably around the same amount of time to become a heart surgeon. 13 years But then at least, yeah, yeah, and and tough, grinding, impossible school with crazy student debt. But at least then you make what a heart surgeon makes. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And you are a heart surgeon, you get to say that. Um, I, um, I, It takes takes streamers a long time to make anything, right? Like most most of them. There are people with hundreds of thousands of followers who make nothing, nothing. Because- Yeah, followers does not equal money. money. No. Uh-uh. It's no, there's a ton of variables. Well, yeah, because you could be the 50 millionth person doing Call of Duty, right? Yeah, You're, yeah. There's, right? I've, I've, we've talked about this before. Like, if you meet someone, uh, generally they'll just, hey, you know, I oh, love your stuff, whatever, you know, just polite, cordial. But if someone gets just a few drinks in them, a few of them are a very thin layer away from just being like, what do you make? <laughs> oh yeah right. and I've, I've had that before how much money you make what is yep. it oh no. and then they explain to you how they make money they youtube explain and they go oh yeah it's like per click you get like x cents per no dude that's not i do not know how it works <laughs> i have no idea YouTube's exactly forthcoming with it no and that's another thing like dude again i've been doing this for 13 years so i think i'm pretty competent at it and i didn't know that super chat youtube super chat takes like 30 percent yeah you were talking about that so you did a super chat the other day to raise money for the food bank was it yeah well we it wasn't the the stream wasn't for charity or sorry the second one was the first one wasn't it wasn't explicitly for that but we started to get all this money and i was talking to the the guys on the team and i'm like i don't know what do you, what do you want to do with this money we should probably give it somewhere and at the time food banks was you know, at the forefront of need. So we said, okay, we'll, we'll give it to the food banks. And we raised almost a thousand dollars. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, no, it was uh, trying to remember what it was. It was, it was a lot of money. And imagine my surprise when I log on and I see, you know, money made during the stream, 467. Right. And I go, what? You know, I have it set to be Canadian dollars instead of American. Maybe it accidentally reset and it's the exchange rate. No, so I didn't know this, but YouTube takes like a pretty substantial cut wow. of all the money. So then the second stream, we ended up raising a little bit more on Super Chat, but I encourage people go to um, Food Banks Canada. Uh, I was either .com or .ca. And actually just today, uh, about an hour before, um, 
this podcast, I donated the, I think it was, it was like, I don't know, it was roughly 650 bucks. Uh, but I encourage people to go directly to the site and, uh, Mike Smith, uh, Mike Schmidt, sorry, uh, made a big donation. Um, was it, is it Mahesh? Yeah. Uh, Mahesh, made another Mahesh big K. one. Yeah. And there were, there were a few others as well. I think I, it ended up being like a thousand, the second That's screen. Cool. So that was That's good. Cool. Okay. But well, it's better yeah. if they go directly because then YouTube's not taking any of that money, right? Yeah. And you get the tax receipt and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Can you set up, would you be able to, if you were going to do a stream like that? The thing is, is that when it's on the platform and it's right there, it's a lot easier for people to use, right? Yeah, that's the so, problem. But also for anybody that doesn't know what Super Chat is, do you mind quickly explaining it? Because it's a concept I don't think that is oh. as widely known as I think we would think. Yeah, so it's weird. YouTube flirted with the idea of a tip jar for a while. Um, they don't do that. But what they do instead is Super Chat. So if you do a stream and there's like a thousand people in there, there's going to be a bajillion comments and they're going to be difficult to see. So if you make a donation, it doesn't matter how much money, it can be a dollar, it could be $50, it goes to the top. So uh -huh. Super Chat is basically, I guess, sort of pay to play. I don't know. It just, it just pushes you to the top. Freemium. Okay. I don't know. Interesting. Um, but it's, it's obviously voluntary. So that's what it was for. And it was sort of meant as a... Um, as a, I don't know, supplement to YouTubers income because some YouTubers were complaining that, you know, a video will get flagged and then they appeal it and then they win the appeal, but you you've know, already all, got the views and you've lost the money. Yeah. Well, like if someone did that to my LFRs, like I got basically a 24 hour period, maybe less uh, to get those views because it's news based mm -hmm. and I make X amount per video. And if, you know, the first 15 hours or whatever, it's demonetized. I basically get no money for it. Mm -hmm. So it was basically meant to supplement that. But man, YouTube takes a heavy cut. Um, yeah. Some people were telling me I can appeal it because um, if it's specifically for charity, I feel like they waive the fee or something. eBay did that. Remember, I got I got yep. into it with eBay yeah. over the Easter Seals thing. And then they waived it and they gave me the full fee and I, and I donated the difference. Um, YouTube hasn't gotten back to me, so I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. On, uh, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say on Friday, we streamed as that's how we got into this conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, right. <laughs> can you do a quick LFR for anybody who didn't see it about our game on Friday? <laughs> uh, I don't remember. We did not win. We played, who did we, we played Vegas. Some dudes on the, we were the Leafs. We played Vegas. We played Pittsburgh and we got smoked. And we're we not talking about the threes wasn't fun. No, we threes, no, threes was. So we were in the game versus Vegas. And it was 3-3, three, three, I believe, up until uh, the third period when they scored two to go ahead. And then yeah, the final A couple second, bad penalties. A couple bad penalties, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. So listen, all right. We, we want to talk about, we want hockey to be a, a fast paced sport and a lot of fun and high scoring, right? I understand that, but not at the expense of the integrity of the game. They were diving all over the place at the slightest touch from stick infractions. And then they got the puck and they held on to it, not even trying to attack. It was a disgrace. It was awful. And it wasn't hockey. Talk about the Zach Hyman uh, called back goal that would have put us up two to one. Oh yeah. What has happened to my sport? Am I right? Anyone who says what has happened to my sport, don't look through their likes. You'll be very disappointed. In <laughs> but, I mean, generally speaking, but um, no, it was, it was Zach Hyman just driving the net. He got shoved in nefariously by an unnamed defender. Wouldn't even show his face. 
He was masked like he was trying to avoid losing honor and, and, and getting a bounty in Red Dead Redemption 2. And then the goal got called back, and that, I believe, would have put the Toronto Maple Leafs, the good guys, up, and instead they lose. Disgraceful. What is Gary Bettman going to do about this? I want to nice. know. Was, it was very realistic really yeah. to the point where if you touch the goalie, it's not going to be a goal. And one yeah. of our guys touched the goalie. So they and it wasn't, he didn't mean it wasn't one of us controlling him either. It was yeah. the computer-controlled guy. As it always is. <laughs> what is Gary Bettman going to do about this? Leave a comment in the comment box down below what you think Gary Bettman is going to do about this. But that is it for this one. Thank you very much for watching. Click like <laughs> if you like this video. Click subscribe if you really like to tell all your friends what has happened to my sport. Um, I want to do a quick shout out because I, we've asked people to shout out people in their lives that are making kind of a small difference during COVID-19, what we've been seeing. And I, I just would like to read out this message. Is that cool with everyone? Yes. yes. Kono Emo 16 reached out and he's got a potato as his, uh, his name, real name, Sean. Um, but he's Not got a potato same. as his emoji. Uh, hey, Adam, just wanted to shout out my mom, who is a healthcare professional in the region of Peel. She works in administration and is currently working uh, with other administrators to coordinate the response to COVID-19. Specifically, she's making sure doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals are being properly equipped while serving the most vulnerable, particularly nursing homes. Not only is my mom working every day up, uh, to stay up to the date on this ever-evolving situation, but she's doing it coming off a knee replacement surgery she had a couple months ago. Holy moly. Wow. Uh, she's supposed to be working full-time right now, uh, sorry, she's not supposed to be working full time right now, but she's doing it anyway uh, through the pain and without regular rehab support uh, that she was getting before the pandemic. She's always been my hero, but now more than ever, she is everyone's hero. So please extend a thank you to my mom, Barbara from Georgetown. Love the pod. Best, Sean. Let's shout out. Barbara! Just Here you go there, Burb. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. Just that's, awesome stuff. And that's Steve the story. Steve uh, playoff stuff, man. Yeah. On, on one knee, just because the team needs you, pretty much, yeah. to put it into stupid, nonsensical hockey terms. Totally. Listen, let's do that. That's what this whole show is about. Yeah. Stupid As I started saying things. it, I'm like, nope, not the thing to say. <laughs> well, but you know. I, committed now. I, uh, I have to say, like, it's, it's nice to hear these stories uh, because it is stories that just go untold that, that we all sort of take for granted until, you know, something like this happens, which – None of us were expecting, none of us were prepared for, and it's very, very cool to see that stuff come up. So thank you so much um, for I got sharing this with that. What's that? I got another one. Oh, cool. Right, read it out there. If you want to keep it going. Um, someone asked me, any chance um, you could give pharmacists a shout out on tomorrow's podcast? Did you tell them no? I did. <laughs> I said, who cares? No. Um, can you please give pharmacists a shout out on tomorrow's podcast? A lot is being said about nurses and doctors, which is great, but pharmacists are also at risk uh, because of their work in the community. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Shout out the pharmacist. Shout out basically anyone who's not working from home right now. Right. Um, because you're forced to. And I mean, it's, it's, it is really highlighting who's important. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, and that's oh, yeah. not to say if you, if you're working from home right now, you're not important, but it is, it's showing us like, Oh, doctors should be compensated like Kings and Queens. Mm. Same with nurses, same with pharmacists, same with, uh, man, I'm absence, starting to think the absence of teachers has created, uh, like, I think people are like, oh, man, my kid is a lot of work. <laughs> I, I saw a great meme uh, about, uh, yeah, 
parents going, oh, my kid, oh, my kids, oh, I can't wait for school to be back. And the meme was basically, uh, no, you screwed up as a parent and now you have to lie in it. <laughs> Which I thought was a little aggressive, but it yeah. wasn't my wife. My wife didn't make it. She's not a big, she doesn't like memes and everything. Um, I'm starting to think, listen, minimum wage is a thing and someone's going to be compensated the least. I'm starting to think people who work at the grocery stores shouldn't be that. They're not right hmm. now. They've been. They've had their wages temporarily raised, at least in Ontario. That's awesome. Uh, good. Loblaws, <laughs> uh, Sobeys, uh, I think TNT Supermarkets on that. I believe Metro jumped on that. Like the major chains, I think have have all boosted it, and I believe managers as well. Although I don't know that for sure. Um, all, of all of them. Yeah. Well, you know, it's. Uh, it's it's certainly uh, it's certainly you know and you can and you and you say well then who brings the supplies the truckers and they they deserve more and whatever yep. um, I think that that you know the reason that see when we do shoutouts on this show and this is just normal behavior I'm not really worried about this but we always get people who go hey how come you didn't shout out X and right, and that's okay yeah. like that's totally cool I understand that but if I were to sit here and list off a bunch of shoutouts to every single worker. It, it sort of doesn't have any meaning and it becomes a blur. It's but if every personal. show, yeah, it's, if every show we can tell a personal story and, and, and just give you an insight into someone else's life, like, like Barb from Georgetown, you know, working on her knee, who's she's not having it rehabbed um, and working, you know, big long shifts and when she's not supposed to be working full time, gives you a sense of what people are going through on a personal level. And mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that this is going to go on a long time so we're going to have more than enough time to get to the stories that haven't been told yet. And I would encourage you to DM us them because yeah. we'd like to really take the personal element and especially like send them to me. My Twitter DMs are still open and they're so much better now because that's all I'm getting is just amazing stories. Um, we want to tell some of these. I think it's important. And instead of being upset with us for not telling every story on one episode, let's spread them out. And really highlight somebody each episode because we are grateful for what everybody's doing to keep this going. But I want to bring it down. Like instead of pulling out, looking at the whole earth, I want to like jump into one situation and and really kind of drive that point home. So again, thank you for that message and thank you, Barb, for what you do. And let's talk about uh, let's talk about this. Probably the most delightful. I don't get story. to do my shout out. Oh, you got one? Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't even know you had one. <laughs> to answer your go question, man. Jesse. No, Adam, continue. <laughs> sorry. sorry, go ahead. Man. I want to shout out uh, the local grocery stores in I know in my area and mainly I think across all of Ontario that are doing the um, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. is only for elderly shoppers. Yes. I saw this morning there's quite a few people lined up to go inside for that hour um, of extra shopping. So shout out all the grocery stores for doing that for the elderly shoppers who can't really go in when everybody else is going in because they're at a higher risk. That's right. And because they're they're older, yeah. you know that they were up at 530 anyway. So... <laughs> Yeah. Mid afternoon for them. Oh, they've what been in their clothes about- for two hours, looking at their watch, going, "Like, can I go in the store? <laughs> Open." What, what is it about being retired that makes you go to bed at seven and wake up at four? I don't understand it because I have to do that. Jesse actually does go to bed at seven. I go to bed at eight, um, or maybe just Jesse's on Do Not Disturb, which That's is crazy. probably a smart idea anyway. <laughs> I try um, to get to bed by seven. Yeah, I'd never uh, be able to do it. You, you would, you would, if you had, oh. listen, believe me, dude, if your income counted on it, believe me, you'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how morning sports radio people do it. It's tough. It's really no, hard. A couple games, weeks of it. It's right? tough. No, you, you can't. Well, they, 
they I'm up on Twitter and I'm like, they're watching. Yeah. Right. They're you watching. You nap afterwards, probably. Um, and it's tough. I mean, any any sort of morning radio or morning television or morning entertainment, like it's the worst time of the day for most people, me included. Like when I wake up, I'm not in a great mood. And I don't want – I'm glad I'm not around anyone for the first hour of me being awake because I probably wouldn't be the nicest guy and probably wouldn't be very, like, cheery. Kind of yeah. just zombie my way through the first hour of being awake. So – um, the fact that they can be up and on it and have formed opinions about the sh- the the game the night before the game that they may or may not have even seen. Yeah, like, yeah. you do a lot of reading, right? You get up in the morning and you read and read and read and read in a lot of cases, or you have it PBR'd and you watch it and you watch it quickly. So that was always the thing that blew my mind about Greg Brady. I'm like, that guy's got to drive in from Ajax. Yeah, so like he's got to commute. Yeah, like what is he? I guess I would just listen to sports radio on the way in. I, but I don't that's, know. That's you. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, radio that's going to be on is going to be Greg. I worked with Greg. Greg stays up, man. It's yeah. crazy. That's and, that's and he's got like an encyclopedic memory, like does not forget anything. And I, I, you know, I, I think it was my first or second day there. I talked about, we talked about the baseball strike in 1994. Uh, and I called it a lockout and I don't know why I air quoted the strike. I said lockout. It was a strike. Uh, I believe. And, uh, and he, and he texted me later that day and he's like, Hey man, just a heads up. It was this, not that. And he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to correct you on the air or whatever like that, but you got to know that stuff. Oh, and I appreciate it. <laughs> no, no, you got, I appreciated it because you know, you want to be, it's, it's because you're, you're talking to the hardcore sports fans and I know what that's about. I'm wrong all the time. So you forget details and stuff like that. Anyway, the guys, that guy, it, it's a different world. Like in Scotty MacArthur and Mike Zygamanis and, um, Landsberg and uh, Koliakovo and stuff, the sports guys, and it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig to do every single I'd day. love to see someone try my nighttime is like 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's where I get like my eight hours of sleep, and then the rest of the day I'm up. So you, so your like mid-afternoon would be when you're doing the morning radio show. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So you can stay up for the games. Like the morning when you wake up, you wake up at 7 p.m. That's your morning. And then mm-hmm. you go all day, and then you go to bed at eleven a.m. That's a, can, can I, I mean, ask you both know. of you? Yeah, how do you guys survive podcast days? Because yeah, you've already done that. You've done the morning show, and now you got to do this. It's easier than you think. Yeah, it's not as bad uh-huh. as you think. But like, yeah. okay, what time do you wake up in the morning? It varies. It, okay, uh, like, let's say eight. Okay, eight. So by the time we podcast in our day, it's eight p.m. for you. So by the time we finish, so we podcast, we start podcasting at two o'clock in the afternoon, right? Uh, by the yes. time we finish, it's around four. We are yes. up at four. So we start podcasting at what would be six o'clock at night for you. Right. That's a good way to put it. And oh, that's gross. So that's, and then it, and it finishes at eight and we got to be like up, right? Because Steve, you've got all the energy in the world and some days we do <laughs> and some days we don't. So we got to well, fire up the engine. Today um, I do. <laughs> yeah. Today I do. And I don't want to make it I seem sucked. like... Like there are guys, there are people like to put it in context, this, this is not some labor intensive gig. So no, there are not, nurses who work 12 hour shifts. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. more. Like this yes. is, we're sitting Wait, here talking about you to a contest. camera. With that in perspective, <laughs> right. with that in perspective, um, yeah, it can be, it can be tough. I'll tell you when it was really tough was when we used to do, 
we did uh, i did did bt and then i would do the oh, afternoon yes. show and oh. then we would do the podcast at no, 7 p.m at not night. even that you do bt then the afternoon no then your uh side gig as the channel one on rogers oh. cable oh. your world and, this week <laughs> yes and then sometimes the podcast before the afternoon radio show yes because <laughs> we do that like noon and then yes. you go right to radio <laughs> yeah so it would be i would show up at work at uh 5 40 say and beyond for 6:40 and then I would finish work at Kiss straight uh at seven o'clock at night. <laughs> so it was just nuts. It was let's, stupid. Let's it do podcast stupid. roll call. Steve here. Jesse here. Adam brain <laughs> You were just night of the living dead for like yeah. a full what was that? Three two years. years? Three it years. was crazy. Three years. I don't know how you Three did years. it. Well, I think I did it because it was in my 20s. But I think, I, have I talked about on the memory thing on the podcast before? No. Have I ever told you about? Okay, so after that part was over in my career, um, you know, because obviously, I don't know if you remember what I chose to leave and pursue other things, obviously, like what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And one of the things that came up randomly on my Facebook page during that six-month interval when I was between contracts was... Um, the uh it was a ted talk on sleep and i'd never really thought like i'd wanted to look into researching sleep and you know finding out more about it and um the only thing in toronto that was available at the time were these like sleep apnea clinics which i didn't i don't have a problem sleeping so i didn't want to take up their time doing that but what i wanted to do was figure out a way to optimize so i'm like okay i'll watch this video maybe it'll teach me something about what sleep is and it told it tells you to you know you got you know, you to have your electronics off 30 minutes before. You got to have your room at about – the average human sleeps best, apparently, at about 18 degrees Celsius. When That's what they colder. said. Yeah. When it's a little bit colder. Now, you can put blankets on. You can take them off. And I'm already hot as it is, so I like it even colder than that. I haven't um, slept with a blanket in like a year. Oh. Because I sleep just without a blanket at all? I sleep with a sheet like barely that. I just right. – I run too hot at night. Yeah, me too. You can relate, Adam. Yeah, me too. No, so <laughs> I run too hot huge, all the time. <laughs> hey, hey, no, I have a huge problem every spring because in the this is this was my winter setup: three comforters and a twenty-pound weighted blanket. <laughs> After Christmas, what? oh, it's the best. <laughs> do you wake up best. drenched? Yeah. Do you? Oh, just, yeah. Are you a pool? <laughs> yeah. There were there were some <laughs> nights where it was pretty bad. There were some nights where it was pretty bad. But oh yeah, Dude, I wake, keep doing it. Just wake up wet. Yeah, I just oh, it's it's lovely though. Um, I love it. It's like I'm so warm and cozy. It's like in a lobster tank, just getting I'm, slimy. I'm just yeah. safe. No, but I'm safe. Uh, but I'm safe. <laughs> so I'm your sleep apnea test. test. Yeah. So I'm looking oh, at yeah. this. I didn't do. I didn't take a sleep apnea test because I'm again. Oh. I'm not wasting their time. That's that's silly. I'm not. I sleep great. It's just I didn't get enough, and I wanted to know how to maximize it. And what they said was, they're like, they don't listen. These people that sleep you know, that say they sleep three hours a night, that's good for them, but it's horrendous for their health. And yeah. there are some people legitimately that have sleep problems and they can't. And um, that's a medical issue that they have to look at. The average person needs eight hours a night minimum. That's what you need. And they said, here's what happens when you don't sleep. And if you want to have nightmares, find out what happens to your brain when you don't sleep. Mm -hmm. And one of the oh, major yeah. things, one of the major, major things that they say that goes is your short-term memory. And, ah. and yeah, <laughs> right. So, ah. so, and, and this is when you have, when it's chronic. Um, so for me, uh, and this is going to sound dramatic and I don't mean it to, 
but there's very little about those three years. I'd say 16, 17, or 17, 18, 19, I guess, or 16, 17, 18, whatever they were, 2016, whatever. Whenever I started on breakfast television to whenever I finished, there's very little about those years that I can remember specifically. Wow. So, and I don't mean that in a, like, I mean that in like a, I can barely remember my day to day. People, people will sometimes say like on the podcast, you guys, do you remember doing this? Like I can barely remember our trips to Ottawa, our trips to London, our trips to uh, doing, you know, uh, you know, we do, um, you know, the, the hockey game at cinemas and stuff like that. You don't uh, remember those? I, I remember pieces, but I can't even remember. I don't know what I did for Christmas. I don't know what I did for my birthdays. I don't know if we celebrated Thanksgiving. I can't remember any of it. And wow. that's, that's the scary part for me is that like I lost all that. And so there's, it's like, there's like in my memory, it's almost like, it's like, it's like color picture, color picture, black and white for three years. And now it's been all color in my memories again. So wow. yeah, it's, it's a bizarre thing. And so yes. And, and they teach you, they're like, you know, grind it out, grind it out, grind it out, grind it out. Okay. Yes. And it did great things for my career. No. But not at the expense of your health. No, and you can't do that forever. And guys, I put on like 30 or 40 pounds. You can see it in the podcast videos. You can see me putting on the weight. You've lost the- a bunch of weight. I have, but that was because yeah. I was so, I mean, what time do you have to cook? What time do you have to eat properly? What time well, it screws like, up your metabolism too. Totally, yeah. yeah. So Sleeping like, helps thinking, you lose weight. That's not working like that and saying you're taking care of yourself too. Those are not synonymous. Like, right. you, those, are not, those do not work together. If you're working... 14 or 15 hours a day. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing. And, and, and it, unless you are like hardcore food prepper and can somehow fit a workout in, that isn't taking care. And I realize that's some people's reality and, and I get that. But it, it certainly for me, I was not taking care of myself. And I, and I paid the price for it and continue to. So it's sort of one of those things where, yeah, it was kind of crazy. And at the time, you guys would make fun of me for it. And I thought it was hilarious or whatever. But looking back, I'm glad I did it, but I'm glad it's over. <laughs> I'm really yeah. glad it's over. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy time. It was a crazy. Anyway, I hope we, I didn't. We were you. concerned, man. We were, were concerned. You? Oh yeah, we told you. You just don't remember. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm glad that I don't. <laughs> it's true though. Yeah. Just no, we it's, did. It's interesting to hear from your perspective because yeah. um, just from the outside looking in, when you just outline the schedule and what you're what you what you're committed to doing in a day five times a week it's just it sounds insane to any person and somehow you did it for two and a half years i think and you watched every leaf game yeah so it's just it's fascinating to hear from your perspective from what's going on in your brain to talking to us now and i was also an idiot and i would stay up and watch the end of the the leaf game because i had to know for the podcast now i don't i don't do that i i don't do that i can't watch every leaf game i watch the first period i'll catch the rest of it the next day i'll read a lot i'll get educated i'll watch you know i can do that but i can't uh, I can't watch it that night. And, and, and that's part of taking care of yourself that I just didn't know. But yeah, it's funny. EVR is your best friend. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and let me just say this. Um, Jesse tried, Je- Steve, to institute. And imagine how well this would have gone. Oh, no. It's, Jesse was like, he was the producer, right? We had, a, we had a national show to worry about. Oh, no. And he was like, listen, I need you in here at like 2.30 so we can plan this show out. Oh, and, my God. And, and every day at 2.55, I walked in and said, I'm sorry, man. I just I had to keep sleeping, man. <laughs> <laughs> we got in- five hours of radio to do. We kind of, we want to plan out the show. <laughs> you wanted like, him in studio for 2.30? Well, yeah, we, we could live at three. Yeah, we had to have the show done. We had to prep the show. <laughs> we had to put together a show. Yeah, wait, the show 
Wait, wait, wait. No, this is um, this is when we did afternoon, Steve. Yeah, so this is three to seven. Three to Steve seven. He was the producer, right? <laughs> oh, okay. No, and, and, okay. And it wasn't okay. like. Here's the thing. The worst part about it, and I'm sorry, Jesse. It's the worst okay. part about it is it wasn't like Jesse didn't have so much shit to do. Like so yeah. much. The system we had was clunky as hell. He had to upload to eight different radio stations the same break, the same cart they called it. Yeah. So it's like imagine uploading an audio file that's like a song length eight different times mm-hmm. just for that one break to run. And we had to, he, he had, would you have to do that? Uh, over yeah. the course of the show, we'd have tedious. So it's, 20, it's eight 30, times right? eight. So it's 16, 16 times eight. What is 16 times eight? That's oh, 16 times eight. So 128 times or something in a day. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like it uploaded right away either. It was like, it took time. Yeah. And sometimes I'd batch them all. And then the engineers would get mad at me because they're like, <laughs> you clogged up the entire system, Rogers radio system for Canada. <laughs> but I'd be like, I, I did all my work and now I just sit here and watch it go. And you can't blame me. Yeah. No, and and, like, and that no was- stop it. So I would do the top hour of the, you know, the Adam Wilde show thing would run. And then I would do the top hour. And I'd have like a, I'd be really, I had, would have just woken up from a nap. So I was really groggy each day, every day, but you had to turn it on, man. Like turn it on, let's go. And you lived and across the street. So you, I literally, across, you literally walked out of bed. <laughs> yeah. I like rolled out, rolled off the couch or out of bed and then walked over and was there in five minutes. And then I would, I would say to Jesse, I'm like, okay, I think I want to do this for our first major content break. So I'm going to tease that. And then in the middle of that, while I'm putting that break together, then we'll put together the rest of the show, which is 1,000% never the way to do that. And we don't do that now with Virgin Mornings, ever, ever, I know ever, I'm, ever. I know I'm notorious for being late, but the amount of times I beat Adam to the studio when he lived across <laughs> yes. the street yes. was mind-blowing. I picked him up! Yeah. You were yeah. up a couple times! Yep. <laughs> you lived across the street! I know. So it's basically, I pulled a U-turn. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. Oh, was, my God. Listen, I Oh, no, but apologize. you were dying. You were slowly yeah, it's dying. Not, it's not your fault. It was just well, it the, was. It's I the I gotta work it. hard, you know. Yeah. It's the I want to get things done, and it, it, that's it's the right mentality. It just I don't know, just executed in the wrong way. It's because there's some there's something to that, you know, just working yeah. hard. Like that's something yeah. that's a philosophy sure. everybody should have. Sure. I just I worry about the way s- success is viewed and success is taught. Like I I think hmm. I've talked about this before. Um, there's a new Kevin Hart produced, I think, Kevin Hart documentary on Netflix. And he paints himself in a very, I don't know, the way I would probably paint myself if I made a documentary about myself. Uh, you know, it's pretty positive for the most part. But he shows his screw-ups and he shows, here's the time I wake up and here's me at the gym. But, like, he looks like death warmed up on a lot of really? days like all the yes like oh, wow. and and this is a guy who like he's got like an athletic deal like he's in amazing shape he's possibly the most successful comedian financially the world has ever known of all time yeah well, of all maybe, time maybe seinfeld no well yeah there's that guy but, but depends but, on but how you're counting line. the money yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> depends how you're counting the money but like i mean yeah. you give kevin hart of you know a, a couple more decades like seinfeld's had and he yeah. probably passes him Probably. Um, but he looks like death warmed up. He tried to he tried to fight his friend who's like twice his height and three times his weight. Hmm. Like it I I did not come away from his documentary about himself going, ah, this is how you should live your life if you want to be successful. 
Yeah. Cause you wonder about the, the decisions people make when they're so sleep deprived. Yeah. Right? They say, they say when you drive sleep deprived, it's like you've all, you've had uh, two glasses of alcohol. I think mm-hmm. it is. If you're driving on like four hours or less oh. of sleep, something like that. So yeah. Well, and, and I know you guys have, I mean, sleep deprivation is now a part of the schedule, Jesse, but like, you know, um, you know how you feel when you're tired. Everybody knows. Oh, yeah. And you can imagine like a nurses and doctors, anybody that does shift work, if you're a cop, if you're, if you're uh, working, you know, fire departments have 24-hour shifts, which is why they get time off because it's working three days in one. Mm-hmm. Um, the system? You, you, hold on. But let, me, let me just say this. The, the, imagine enjoying nothing. So like if, <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm not kidding. Imagine not being able to enjoy things into their to their real fullest and like i i'll tell you it had an effect on uh, uh my relationship with caprice because um like if a friday night came out and she was like like we're you know 26 27 years old That's and tough. she's like hey do you want to go out and i'm like fucking no no way <laughs> yeah no way or and if i did i was miserable because it was like seven o'clock i'm looking at my watch going i want to die i want yeah. i'm so tired I, and so all you end up doing is talking about how fucking tired you are yeah. and it's so boring for people to listen to it's so not what they want to hear especially from someone who doesn't do anything important for a living oh you broadcasted you talked all day you <laughs> asshole shut up and it's sort of you know no one wants to hear that it's it's um <laughs> it's you know, when you're younger, maybe you pregame or something before a party and there's always someone who takes it a little too far and they end up barfing nice and early yeah. in the night. You mean a good time? A good, yeah. a great time. <laughs> By the time you get to your like late 20s, people are just falling asleep before nine o'clock. Yeah. The pregame yeah. is the activity, right? Yeah. Oh, Everyone you don't go to this. the club. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't even, yeah. You're passed out from sleep deprivation an hour before, yeah, mo- <laughs> A few years ago, you're talking about getting in a car. Oh yeah, to to go somewhere, not to drive. But yeah, I mean, um, there were there were bars we didn't go to until like twelve, one o'clock, which is that's bananas. Yeah, it's like, well, it's, we wouldn't get there too li- too early. That's lame. Now it's like, let me get there early before all the people are there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to deal with all these sweaty people. No, which is great. It's a, the the two best times I think I've ever had at a bar. We showed up extra early and adam both times i think you were there and both times signal hill was playing one was in toronto and one was in nova scotia what signal hill i didn't go to nova scotia but i was there for the uh, remember i didn't come to the bachelor oh, party that's there. right i mean yeah idiot. um but i think you were at the toronto one so signal hill is uh uh adam you're better at this they're relatively you know as far as bands go cover bands go they're one of the more successful groups in the country and they are able to play basically any song ever um and like a lot of that uh like barrett's privateers yeah 1778 and they play like you know east coast beer drinking music and which is great for fun because everybody that goes to their show is in it into it too so it's easy for you to kind of jump into it they just they've got great presence they're a great sounding band they're they're lots of fun i don't know anybody that goes to a show like that and doesn't have a good time so signal hill would be yeah and signal hill is a hill in halifax by the way it's a gigantic it's where the where the fort was grace o'malley's is like a bar in toronto it's mostly i don't know would you call it a student bar yeah ryerson it's mainly ryerson students yeah it it gets taken over but we went there for like dinner once and we we stayed we ended up staying and signal hill was playing oh so we had prime seats for them but then for my bachelor party um we go to the lower deck 
which I now know is legendary at the time. I didn't really know that. And I'm like, Oh, their fish and chips is amazing. Mm-hmm. Best fish and chips I've ever had. Again, we went there for dinner. Then, and this is after we saw them in Toronto signal Hill gets up on stage and I go, boys, Oh, this is amazing that you planned this. And they were all like, yeah, totally. <laughs> they had no idea. They had absolutely no idea. Signal Hill was like, yeah. And yeah. then, um, we had a very good time and I ran into a guy who I now tweet all the time, uh, Graham Benjamin. He's a reporter uh, out in Halifax now. I global, think global, right? Gl- global Halifax. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, watch your videos, listen to the podcast. And um, he's, he's like, let me, <laughs> let me buy a drink. Let me buy a shot because it's your bachelor party. I go, yeah, sure. But you got to take a steep shot. What's a steep so, shot? So he buys me a tequila. <laughs> and what, what's the stupid thing you're supposed to do you, you have salt in your hand ritual i never uh, especially when i got drunk i didn't have the patience for all that no so just I go, drink it. take the shot yeah. Yeah, so I go, here's what you do you take the shot and then my party trick which now that we're in a pandemic i would never do uh my party trick is i would take the shot and i would just eat the lemon whole like i would i would just eat it like rind and everything just Oh, just mangling my teeth, I'm sure. Oh, no. And, and and this poor guy, he's like, oh, you know, it's so nice to meet you. Let me buy you a drink. And I'm like, eat the lemon. Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, That's yeah. disgusting. So, so I wake up hungover the next morning. And this is in the RV because we all went to RV, seven guys packed. And, mm-hmm. and, um, for my bachelor party, I checked my phone. And I'm like, mm, let, me, let me just be safe. And I do a quick name search. And I just see him go, I can't believe Steve Dangle maybe eat the lemon. <laughs> Adam, you probably don't remember this, but one time on the afternoon show, we had a, uh, a thi- uh, we had a call-in topic about the thing people don't know about your job or your industry. And one of the people who called that. in was uh, a bartender who told us that lemons are probably the most dirty, the dirtiest, oh. most infected thing in a bar. Because they throw them on the floor, they don't wash them, they just cut oh, them and throw them on the side of your drink. Yeah, you know? this is disgusting. <laughs> I was so, an animal. I was an Steve, animal. It was disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I haven't done that for many years, but that okay. was it was disgusting. Like, have, yeah. Steve, has Jesse, have Jesse and I ever told you the story about the time the the one thing when we when, like wait I me mean, we work together every day. I've seen Jesse pretty much every day for six years, but um, uh, the one call that we will always always be mad at ourselves for not nailing. Have you ever told you? Have you ever told no. you about this? Tell me, hit me. Well, Jess, you're gonna have to help me with this one because it's heartbreaking. Go ahead. So I th- believe the contest was, uh, and the Chainsmokers song "Paris" was huge. We were staying in Paris. Get away from your parents. Remember that song? The one with oh, Halsey. Oh, yeah. With, oh, was that with Halsey? No, that was that was Wasn't the, that the closer. Oh Wasn't yeah, it? I think it closer. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah but 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 Paris you know. and parents. Yeah, yeah. That rhyme. listen, it made them millions of dollars. Good for them. And they of put course, on a, we saw them at the iHeartRadio Jingle Ball uh, a couple of years later and they were great. So, uh, but the, uh, anyway, so the idea is you get to win a trip to Paris to see them. But you have and, to go with your parents. No, you do not have to go with your parents. Okay. And we call the winner who I believe had text messaged in or emailed in or something, Jesse, I forget how we did it. Yeah. Uh, but we got them on the phone and she, it was like, again, it's like four o'clock in the afternoon and she sounded like she just rolled out of bed. So I could relate to that. And I was like, I was like, Hey, just wake up. And she's like, um, she's like, Oh, it's uh, it's well, it's night here where I am. 
And we were like, uh-huh, really? It might've been later in the show, might've been six or seven, whatever. And we're like, where's where you're from? <laughs> like, where are you? Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm in Paris. And, and we said, oh, that's cool. And then we ended the call. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we were sending her, I don't, the contest wasn't to send them to Paris. It was oh. to see the, see the chain smokers in Toronto. Right, okay. But we called the girl who won this contest to see the chain smokers in Toronto, and she was currently staying in Paris. In Paris. And we didn't make reference to their biggest song. No! That has the line about staying in Paris. With, and, we to get away from, and she was with her girlfriend because her parents were back home, so she could have been getting away from her parents. <laughs> oh, and, my God. What's worse? Uh, we were just like, oh, that's uh, great. Anyway, congratulations. Congrats, you've won these Chainsmokers tickets. You're staying in Paris right now. We made no reference to it. Oh. We, spent, we spent, we immediately, after we ran the call, both of us looked at each other and went, we fucked up. Like, we, we, we didn't worse. play the song, we didn't reference uh, the song, nothing. What, what's worse than those moments you just can't get back? Oh, you, you that, can't. that's one that will always stand out. I'm like, ah! I've done that. I've, I've had a miserable week work-wise, like, w because we did the, this um, yeah. Well, just, okay, the stuff I've been putting out, mo most people have been like, hey, yeah, whatever. Your Harry Potter video was great. That was fun. Sure, yeah, it was great. But I, I know the mistakes I made, mm. right? Whereas other people, they just sort of brush it off. Thanks, Jesse. Um, they, just, they just sort of brush it off. But for me, it's a fuck. Like, it's, um, what, what did I do? I think I accidentally left a first take in for the video that I uploaded yesterday. Okay. So it's two takes of me saying the exact same thing. Uh, oh, I thought I it was think. just you doing Stephen A. Smith. No. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know I love Molly Weasley. <laughs> but <laughs> that's something you can never like because you can't edit videos once they're up on YouTube. They're just no, there. and people go, "Well, just you know, take it down." No, it's there. It's there. Yeah. Uh, too many people have seen it. Um. So and I don't get that back. And now that's up forever. Like the um the Nick Robertson is a forward one. Imagine oh. if I had deleted that instead of. You know, now it's a thing. One of the best things that's ever happened. Right. I, I just love that. No, does not die. No, and the and the trade tree video I uploaded for Pronger, I I said twice in the video, um, it was Pronger getting traded to Edmonton, which no, it's right. the opposite. He was traded from, and everyone watching knows what I meant, and I don't even think anyone even called me on it. But I was just like, Fuck. like it's you don't yeah. get it back. Right. It's up right. now. Ah. It's the worst. But, it drives, then, it drives me insane. Uh, but then you like take a look at your life and you're like, oh, I had a million of those and I survived. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know? I handle them way better than I used to. Right. It used to be several hours of staring at the computer angry. And uh -oh. now I just, I swear very loud once and I go about my day. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you, it's sort of like, <laughs> it's, it's sort of like one mistake makes you feel like crap, but a million mistakes, it's like, it's sort of like, yeah. well, nah, I've, I've made them before. I'll make them again. The sun will come up tomorrow, you know? And, and, uh, and that's, I mean, that used to be like that about radio. If I screwed up, I would get, I would get mad. And it used to be able to like way back in the day, throw my whole show off. And now it's like, oh. well, if I screwed up, whatever, let's just keep going, man. Who cares? Yeah. Like you, you, you do your best. You're performing live. Shit happens. Depends on mood. I mean, last show, you guys brought up one small thing about the Leafs. That was a bad rumor, by the way. I know. Oh, and yeah. You, and you're, like, moving on to other topics, and, I'm, and I could not get past it, and I was willing to 
yard sale the whole show, yell horrible things about the team that I cheer for, oh. uh, uh, shit on Kyle Dubas for something that he's not even behind. No, didn't even not do. Yet. Not didn't yet. even do, and and sounds like maybe hasn't even considered doing. Like, has that has that come out? Has there been any follow up to that story? I haven't I heard none. a single thing. Yeah, I, didn't I haven't think so. heard a single thing. All I heard about was that Alexander Barabanov guy. That's all I heard about. Yeah, which which is funny because you said um, you did make a salient point throughout that. I got did lots I, of hockey stuff to talk I about. Really? By the way, you did. <laughs> One of the things is like, tell me, talk to me when you're going to sign a defenseman, and here we are. Yeah, we're going to sign another forward. And it's like, I, you know, it's always about these forwards. Like, when are we going to find a defenseman here? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the signing forwards. I don't. But no, but defense would be, be nice too. Yeah. A defenseman would be better. But if, if you're, if you're going to get a forward, let it be a guy like Alexander Barabanov, who is, you know, you got to take a flyer. Like, that was one of the things I gave the Oilers kudos for in the summer. And this was when I still thought they were doing things badly. But they got, um, who was it? It was Nygaard and there was another guy. Uh, Haas, Gaten Haas. Um, so, like they were just taking flyers mm-hmm. on these European players. Go get a guy like Alexander Barabanov who's going to be cheap and may end up being very good. Don't sign Kyle Clifford to two million bucks for three years. I feel like you could find Kyle Clifford in the KHL, maybe not his attitude and his personality, which is worth money, given, but not two million bucks worth it. It's some teams can allocate those resources to that sort of player. The Leafs, Leafs cannot. Who no. do need a player like Kyle Clifford cannot do that. Yeah, they cannot do it. Yeah, they need a competent defense so much more than they need a player like him. And they do need a player like him. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So if they, hopefully they can find because I like Kyle Clifford a lot. I really like him. Sure. I just don't know how they keep sure. him unless they unless they pay him the same as what he's making. Now, one thing I do want to bring up because this is like the most adorable story ever. Thomas Coberle. I'm sure you might. I'm sure you guys. Oh saw yeah. This. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know Jesse saw it, but he was talking to the CBC, and his wife is the owner of an Italian restaurant in Toronto, quite popular actually, uh, Quanto Basta, and he is the guy who's their delivery guy now. So he's the one driving around because all obviously everything's closed in Toronto except for you can you can order things in. So yeah. he goes around the city and you know, 42-year-old guy who's made millions and millions of dollars and he is out there supporting his wife and dropping off her dishes to people's houses so they can have something fun to eat that night, which I think is so cool. Goals. And I, I love it goals. so much. I love the story so much. So here's the fun quote. He's he like, was always a playmaker. He said, yeah, he was, he was always with the assists. Uh, he said, customers routinely start giggling or take pictures or look at him and say, I know you from somewhere. And then he said, this is a direct quote. I've got repeat customers asking for me, which is just kind of funny. One of our customers, I made their son laugh, made their day and stuff like that. So that makes me happy. And, um, not because he's Thomas Coverley, because he made like a funny face at the kid. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Julia Coverley said, listen, it wasn't that he was like, it wasn't that he wasn't offering his services, but she's like, you need to get down here and help me out. And she said, I kind of pushed him a little bit. Hey, like, please, can you help me out? It's getting so busy. And he said, absolutely. Uh, anything to give this a go. So that's, I think that's pretty cool. What an, what an adorable story. I had no idea he lived in Toronto. Like this is what this was yeah. his base. I had no, I thought he would have like gone home or something. You know? That's, yeah. that's, that's an underrated story with, um, well, because we had the, 
barely real story about Toronto being a difficult place to play, but so many of the, uh, especially European players, um, but, but some of the Western Canadian, yeah, Swedish. Sundin is the famous case where, you know, he's a very private person. He's like Jerome McGinley in that regard. He likes to disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Cabrile still lives in Toronto. I believe Antropov lives in Toronto. Like there was a, they didn't uh, say, hey, Nick, we'll give you a job at the Marlies. Come on over from Kazakhstan where you're from. Like, no, mm-hmm. he lives here now. I think Ponikarovsky still lives here. Darcy Tucker is not from the greater Toronto area. He lives he's here. Camlips. He's, uh, that's, he Cam- no, no, no. That's where he's, he played. I think he's from Alberta. Oh, yeah. yeah I think, yeah. I want to say Edmonton. Edmonton. Red Deer, one of the two. Yeah. But was, he's the yeah. biggest Toronto homer there is right oh, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that plane ride we had with Dude. him was intense. The, he wanted yeah. to be out on the ice. Did you, guys watch, did you guys watch the replay that Sportsnet put up last night, the Game 7 with Toronto and Ottawa? No. And no. I regret oh. it. I, I should have watched it so I can make an LFR. I'm going to – I'm going to – Start get, trying to do that. Not promising. Ask for a copy game. of it from Sportsnet and do one anyway, dude. You should do it. Yeah. Oh. First off, the 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 Sens goaltending is so bad. It's not fair. Who was it? Put Michael what, Patrick Laleem. Yeah, Patrick Laleem, and then Michael Prosick or something. I, like oh, it was like, oh, I forgot you existed. Laleem um, was not a bad goalie. Yeah, except for the playoffs. Oh, not a not a high performer in the playoffs. No, I mean Ottawa like was Brian a better Elliott. team that. But Ottawa was a better team than Toronto that year. And they beat them, what, like seven out of eight times? Like, it was ridiculous. Toronto, but, I want to say Ottawa finished higher in the standings in the regular season for, was it every Battle of Ontario? Most of them, yeah. There was one where the Sens were second, the Leafs were seventh. The yeah. season series was 7-1 for the Sens. And the Leafs swept them. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And, and here's the funny part is I watched it, and first off, Darcy Tucker is just an animal. 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 And so much fun to watch play. I forgot how much fun that team was to watch play because, (sighs) first off, it was a different style of hockey. The game has completely changed. But there's an attitude that Darcy Tucker has. And when we, when we, we talk about that famous trip to Boston where the Leafs got killed, and he's on the bus afterwards with all of us, like, fans and like you know we were we were there to spread the word about the trip influencing i guess um but there were winners on that trip and he holds court and there's 40 people around him on that bus and he's talking about what he would do if he could just get into that dressing room and get into those guys heads and he's like they don't know they don't realize that this is it this is it this might never happen again this is it and he never won Exactly. You understand how uh, professional athletes get to that level. Like the mentality that he had, just that fire and that passion. Normal people don't have that. That's a certain intensity where you're playing like the pinnacle of the sport and you get it. Do you remember the pen? Yeah. (laughs) He had this pen. I was just just looking for one. He had this pen in his hand and he was just sort of like looking down and just playing with this pen in his hand. And he was talking about this Bruins fan that was chirping him because he had this. He had a. He was in um, the. Fa- he was in the scarf on. Yeah. He had this leaf scarf on, and like I guess the fan had no idea who he was, and like the whole time I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm listening to him, but I'm looking at this pen, and I couldn't help but think, is he picturing that that pen is that guy's neck? <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> He's getting texts from his kids like, Dad, 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 <laughs> don't do yeah. anything stupid. If there's oh, angry. God. Like people get angry. That is a, and that's, I wouldn't even call it a rage because it was very, very much under control. Mm -hmm. But you knew when you walked beside him 
that he was like, you think fans get, I mean, Darcy Tucker is a Leaf fan. Um, he was ready to not, he wasn't going to snap. He wasn't going to do anything, but there's a fire in there and there's no, you can't call it rage because rage is uncontrolled. You can't call it. I, I mean, I guess it's a, it's a version of anger, but it's this, I, I would, I would like, you know, I, when I a flame is, you know, when a flame is so hot, it's blue. Yes. It's like a blue fire. It's like one of those. It's just like a, and, and one of the things that I noticed about that game when I watched a little bit of it last night, the senators were then a high flying, fast goal scoring team. Should have killed the Leafs every time. Should have killed the Leafs. The Leafs were grizzled. Older, very expensive. There was a lot of money on that team. Had a goalie. And, yeah, had a goalie. <laughs> and were tough as nails. Yeah. The, it, it seemed a little bit like, and I hate to say this, the Leafs have transformed a little bit, at least based on the last few playoff series, transformed a little bit into what that Ottawa team was. And the, the Leafs back then are the Bruins now. And without the regular season success though, without the regular season success. Yeah. Yes. And, but let me say this, that's not necessarily a bad thing because the Leafs fell off. They got older. There was a salary cap. Those, that nucleus of the Sens stayed together. They added Danny Heatley and they went to the Stanley cup final three years later. And Jason Spezza turned into a superstar. Like an absolute People forget monster. how good he was, man, a monster. And, and so it's sort of, it's sort of one of those things where it, it was sort of like, Oh man, I see a lot of, parallels between that young senators team and this leafs team but it all and which is sort of like at first you're like damn like maybe they do need to get tougher or you could just do what ottawa did stick to the plan three years later they're in the finals yeah they learned that's what'll happen but they did learn jesse exactly yes yes so it was interesting to watch it was a good watch and doug gilmore apparently had to watch uh game six of the 93 eastern conference final for the first time Wow. Really? Watched it. He's talking about it on Instagram too. And it, you, I followed Doug uh, and because I'm a homer, big Doug Kilmore homer. <laughs> and it was, it's fascinating to hear his thoughts. Sportsman's got a video. I would encourage you to check it out. It's just fun to watch. Um, did but you I see did the wanna... carry the, the Carrie Fraser tweet. What did he say? Uh, someone was tweeting about like conspiracy theory and all it was rigged or whatever. And he was like, there's no conspiracy theory. It's just a horrible miscall on my part. Wow. Like, he cops to it. That's cool. I didn't know he, that. He fully admits. He's like, oh, yeah, I blew it. I missed it. You know? And, and like, in an era where nothing was called, I mean, a high stick that draws blood, <laughs> that's the line, and he missed it. Yeah, wow. That's, that's crazy. I didn't know he actually uh, – I thought he just was, was very coy about it. So I have, I have a question for you uh, with regards to what we're talking about in the content of this show a little bit. You know, uh, it's it's a sports network's job to report on sports stories, and unfortunately, there aren't a lot other than finding out that you know teams announcing and players announcing that they've tested positive for COVID. And I know that you know James Dolan, who owns the Rangers and the Knicks, also just recently tested positive. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, for us, I, to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to keep reporting that stuff. I know that like people message me with stuff I missed sometimes after the show, like, Hey, you didn't bring this up or whatever. Or, and I'm just wondering, and I'm, I'm just throwing this out there as an open question because everything's up in the air right now. We don't have the answers to a lot of this stuff. Pretty much everything is up for debate. <laughs> everything. Is that something that we need to bring up or do we just assume that, you know, you know that, or you heard about it? Uh, because to me, it's like, Hey, that's someone's private medical information. 
Um, and obviously that's why names aren't being released. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, I don't know what we can say other than, hey, they tested positive and that's the end of that story. Specifically the reporting of people testing positive is what you're asking? Yeah, like do we need yeah. to bring that up on the show? Is that something, like unless there's an actual story behind it, like the James Dolan one, it's just, he's the head of the, the Yankees and Knicks and, sorry, not Yankees and Knicks, Rangers and Knicks and uh, he tested positive and we have a second Colorado Avalanche player and I believe there was a second Ottawa Senators player, but like other than, you know, please continue the isolation, we should expect that there are going to be players just like there are normal people testing positive for right. this. Yeah, the, the specific ones, like James Dolan is very important, influential, notable person. Sure. Um, so yeah. the, for the news to come out that he has it, to me in terms of news, I, yeah, that's relevant. I but I think for us to comment on that news, there's nothing to tough. comment on. Oh, yeah. like, oh, we don't have an opinion bad, on I hope that. he gets better. Like, right. yeah, yeah, there's... <laughs> that's my point, though. Like, where do you yeah. even go with that, right? Yeah. So, we can't have a discussion. There's no, no roundtable about, hey, this guy has corona. No, <laughs> I would say what, what, I, what I don't understand is um, a second Colorado Avalanche player is tested positive, and we don't name them. So, like, well, you, if you, we... And it's their fine. right to not name that, right? It's their... Right. Well, okay. So if you're not going to name them, though, I don't need to know that there's a second player. Like, what is the... Mm-hmm. I don't understand the relevance of that. I think it could then, serve a purpose, though. But continue what? your point, but then we can come back to this. What, what's, the, what's the purpose? The purpose is for some people who are still not taking it seriously. The purpose is... Ah, that's the fair. Purpose, I think... There are people that don't take things seriously until notable people get things. And you know what really turned the corner on COVID for everybody? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that stupid? Tom Hanks, Rudy Gobert, maybe. And, to an and, the, and the NBA being canceled. Until the NBA then, being canceled. No, nobody was – I think, I think in Canada it was a little different. We were a little more on top of it, but not much more. No. Um, and then in the States it was sort of like, yeah, 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 we've heard all this before. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, we're not having any sports. Okay, now you have our attention. Tom Hanks. Oh, Tom Hanks has it. Oh, Forrest yeah. Gump has it. Now it's serious. Yeah, Literally, right. the South Park episode. Tom Hanks. Oh God, everyone really likes him. <laughs> <laughs> All we needed was for Beyonce to get it. No, everyone really loves Tom right. Hanks and Beyonce. It's good for awa- naming these people is good for awareness in the news. I 100 yes. agree with that. Because Adam, you said something when this was all starting up, and we actually started to comment on it. You said something interesting. You said the majority of us are going to end up getting it in yes. some form. Yes. Whether it's serious or not, whether it ju- might just be you're carrying the virus, but you don't show any symptoms, but the majority of us are going to get it. And you you still think that holds true, right? It's a mathematical. It's as close to a mathematical, uh, uh, it would be improbable if it wasn't that way. Let's just put it that way. And, and you ask any health professional, it's just such a, um, it, it's such a, the way it, it works. And again, I don't know how, it's a, it's a form of pneumonia, right? Like I don't know how pneumonia works, but I can tell you that I you talk to any, any health professional and they will tell you, yeah, it's like they said, they said, you know, estimates vary. You know, they, in the, in Canada, it was something like 70%, they said. Uh, in the states, they're like, well, no, it's like more like forty to sixty. Well, that's a huge chasm in the states. Also, still about, high. That's like fifty million people. <laughs> right. Um, fifty million people, one way or the other, right? And that means that bare minimum, if we have three hundred and thirty million people, or whatever the states has, that's one hundred and twenty million people will get this. That's a lot of people. So, and it's so infectious that 
of course, it will be, be spread. The one thing is, I might have had it already. You might have had it already. Steve might have had it already. And none passed. of us could show symptoms. Yeah. Really? Like, no. I, I want to go see my parents. Uh, neither of them have symptoms. I don't have symptoms. But if they have it and give it to me, mm-hmm. and then I get infected by it, like I'm not asymptomatic. I actually get hammered by it. Or even worse, it goes the other way around. I give it to them. Like This is the whole point of self-isolation, right? Like yeah. it, You can yeah. carry this thing and not... No, Rudy Gobert. Or no, it wasn't Rudy Gobert. What's what's his name? The the other guy in the Jazz, Mitchell, Donovan uh, Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, Canadian. Oh, is he? Yeah. So he had it, but was asymptomatic. Right. Right. So this is the crazy thing about it. And if you're lucky, you're asymptomatic. If you're not lucky, you end up in a hospital. By the okay. sounds of it, man. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's messed up. They uh, fuck, and they're still. It's it's mostly good. It's mostly good, but like again, like I, uh, Mrs. Dangle and I walked by just a f- straight up basketball game, like a full blown basketball game, and it was kids, and kids are gonna be kids. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't tell kids. Well, to those kids seriously. have parents, and those parents can tell their kids to stay inside. Yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> And if yeah, they, and there was we're, there not, was, we're not here because, to lecture though. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lady on the local uh, like dog park um, Facebook group, like taking pictures of the signs that say you can't be there anymore, like a nan nanny boo boo, and like going in anyway. Like, uh, right? A, a COVID, right? It's the COVID tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm not the the reason I brought this up is because I'm just I'm figuring out too, as we all are you know, on Virgin Mornings and in every show and everything, we're all sort of figuring out what the new normal is in terms of content, right? Because this is a hockey show and we no like hockey. to talk about hockey. But no, it's funny because thank goodness that we've got the journalists that we do uh, because I do want to run through this list. This is a list that James Myrtle put together for The Athletic, 15 players who might have played their last game. Oh, wow. That was fun. Man, the list of players who this is just a quick aside i'm not trying to hijack it but there's there's a there's a list you of know players. 13 years ago i asked mrs dangle and then i was like you can't remember what <laughs> there's there's a list of players coming out of the full season lockout 0405 and the li- it's star-studded yeah. the list of players who just never got their final season yeah so brian who, leach who do we got? with the leafs makes me sad no but he ended up playing again he yeah he was his final season with the leafs went on to the bruins but like i think that was it for scott stevens wasn't yeah, it? and a few other people too. I remember Al McKinnis, I think. It was, right. it was Ron Francis. Francis. Sorry. Uh, Ryan Miller is the first one that comes up. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. Um, uh, James actually reached out to him and he said, It's too soon for me to tell. Uh, I can't process what's happening. I think I need to get clear. I think I need to get clear of the real world issues that surround us, then sit with my wife and have a real discussion of where we're at. You know, people, we, we never think about these things. And 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 we should more, but there are, especially when you get to Ryan Miller's age, toddlers, kids, wives, many, many, many things to consider when you get back into it. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, New York Rangers. Oh, my God. No and way. Uh, James said this. No At way. first, it felt like Lundqvist didn't fit on this list. He's a legend with the Rangers, the only team he's ever played for, and he's got another year left on his contract. But you talk to people around the franchise a little, and it's clear the three-goalie situation has not been a lot of fun. It certainly sounds like uh, the Rangers may buy out Lundqvist's final year, opening the door for him to either sign somewhere else or hang it up. Wow. 
crazy. I, uh, I just don't, I don't think Lundqvist is that guy. I don't think he wants to go to another team. No, I think he'd retire too. I really yeah. do. Um, uh, it's, it would be such a shame if he didn't win a cup though. Um, Justin Williams, Carolina Hurricanes, who, you know, honestly, we almost didn't see him again anyway. And it kind of stinks that he waited till January to come back. He got back and then <laughs> season's gone. What are you going to do? Yeah. What do you do? Miko Koivu. It's his last, uh, his last year of his deal. And James starts off his little blurb with, yeah, this is probably goodbye. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> and interestingly, the league would be koivu list for the first time since 94-95. His older brother. Oh, so it's a Saku. Yeah. Oh, yeah wow. That's a fun wow. tip. <laughs> Crazy. Cool stat, right? Uh, 25 years of the Koivus. Wow. Um, Jay wow. Bomeister, I think, was a little bit more obvious, given the Well, heart- yeah. I don't think that's a COVID thing. Yeah. Yeah. James said if, if he doesn't play again, he was 18 at his first NHL training camp. And he, you know, rarely suffered. He's 36, but, you know, with a heart condition, you got to be so careful. It's not – it's just different. Your, your life totally changes. But 17 years in the league without, like, really major injuries is pretty amazing. Um, Brent Seabrook in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. what's interesting about this is James says, I'll say this much, he doesn't think it's the end. Interesting. Jerome McGinley all over again. <laughs> well, have retirement forced upon him. Well, <laughs> except Seabrook got the three cups, right, Jesse? Shot <laughs> <Jones got> zero. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're both evil. You're both evil yeah, bastards. You know that? All right. Very true. Very true. David Backus. He okay. Can I can I maybe throw out an unpopular opinion? Please. Watching David Backus play this season made me uncomfortable. Like there's somebody who probably should have been retired at the end of last season. Yeah, and I'm not talking about because he sucks, although he's clearly lost a step. Like he's a he's a depth player in this league, probably third, fourth line, makes six million bucks. That's the problem. The problem with David Backus is the amount of brain trauma this oh, guy yeah. has suffered over his career, and he took in the last Leafs-Ducks game, he took a huge hit. I think it was from Clifford. And it's one of those ones where, like, I don't know if he missed any games afterward. I don't know if it was diagnosed as a concussion. Mm-hmm. But, like, that he's that motherboard has taken a lot of blows, dude. Mm-hmm. He Watching David Backus play, watching him absorb a hit makes me uncomfortable now. I just remember yeah. in, in the uh, 18-19 season when the – Bruins had to make the decision to healthy scratch him. I was just oh. like, this is, it's about time here. Like yeah. it, it, you're the people are telling you things and they're putting you, they're putting you on the sidelines because it sounds like you want to be on the ice, but you're not, you're not understanding that you shouldn't be. And, and there's a notice here that you should probably get off the ice. And yeah. the fact that he's still playing is probably, probably a problem. You can't mess yeah. with your brain, man. The uh, UFC fighter, junior dos Santos, please stop giving that guy fights. Like, yeah. holy, holy yeah, smokes, the amount of – you can only get knocked out so many times. Anyway. Craig Anderson in Ottawa. Yeah, that's probably time, eh? I think it's interesting. Oh, Craig Anderson is like 40, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Well, He's in his first – he didn't make it – he was in the minors till he was 26, back up till he was 28, didn't start 100 NHL games in his first eight years of pro hockey. Wow. And then – He's like Tim o- Thomas. 
Little yeah, bit. and then from 07 to 07, 08 to 16, 17, he had a 919 save percentage over that time. Awesome. 12th uh, heaviest workload in the league. Underrated goalie, man. Underrated goalie um, over, over his career. Like, he wasn't always fantastic, but he had a few masterpiece performances. There was that, uh, there was that series between the Avalanche and the Sharks several years ago, not, not uh, this past year, but it was several years ago, and Anderson was the starter for the Avalanche. Mm-hmm. And he had something like a 51-save gem. Mm-hmm. Uh, in and then series. didn't they lose the next four games? Yeah, <laughs> I think they might have. But, like, but, but dude, that gem was great. Yeah. It was. It was. Well, it showed that, I mean, they were clearly outmatched, right? Like He, yeah. he, he had this ability to pull a rabbit out of his hat. Dan Hamhuse, Nashville. I'm not going to lie. I kind of forgot he was playing. I know me too. Um, because I forgot that he was drafted by Nashville and then went to um, Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver and now is back in Nashville. 37, um, obviously playing third pairing stuff, uh, but kind of, it'd be kind of sad, sad to see him go, but it's also yeah. seems like it might be time. How uh, many also- of these guys, sorry to interrupt your list, but how many of the guys on the list right now are sitting at home being like, retirement's not so bad. Now that they've been forced into this, not to joke on Jerome McGinley, now that they've literally been forced into sitting at home, they're like, I guess I'll just take the more time with my kids and my wife, you know? See, based on, based on what I saw with Darcy Tucker, I think it would be agony. <laughs> oh, yeah? He, well, that's – yeah, Adam makes a very good point there. And also, um, if this were a lockout, I think more guys uh, would probably call it a career – this is not fun. They, they're, they're stuck inside. They can't go anywhere. They can't basically uh, enjoy a lot of the things that rich, retired people enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. going on, you know, trips all over the place. You're stuck in your house. This sucks. They're probably dying to get back on the ice mm-hmm. right now, even recreationally. So I feel like fewer players per capita or whatever – are going to retire coming out of this than they would a lockout because this sucks. This is boring. You know what I mean? It does. And, and um, you know, it's, it's to have it go like this kind of sucks. Uh, it just, it just does. Um, Ron Haynes, he's another guy, number 10 on the list. And I didn't realize this, but he was a 13th overall pick and he looked like a bad pick and ended up uh, with the expansion Columbus Blue Jackets. From what I understand. He, he was always um, – he was one of those guys who – remember how I said Jack John was the first guy who I remember analytics saying was bad? Mm-hmm. Ron Hainsey is one of the first guys I remember analytics saying was good. Yes. Yeah, he was like a big analytics darling. For you years. know he wasn't always in his mid to late 30s, right? Like, no, I <laughs> – Like when he was younger, he was a really good player. But like, he wasn't uh, always molasses. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like, uh, he also like was always that old though. Like he's an old soul. He is an old soul. Yes. But his body wasn't always that old. Yeah. And he was a good player. He was a great example. Uh, you know how they say like, well, you know, great players, they elevate their team. Sometimes good players do genuinely get bad teams for most of their career. Mm -hmm. And Hainsey was kind of one of those guys, man. Like you couldn't. You couldn't say the Blue Jackets or the Hurricanes for a while there, too. Uh, didn't make the playoffs because of Ron Hainsey. He was good. He has a cup, though, with the uh, Penguins, right? And that was his first time in the playoffs, though. Was it really? 
It was his first playoff game was the first game of his uh, playoff run with the Penguins. And he was already over a thousand games into his career or something yeah. like that. Or well, it's interesting. Games. You roll through the teams that he was with. So he was with the Ottawa Senators, Montreal Canadiens, and Columbus Blue Jackets when they were expansion. The Atlanta Thrashers slash Jets. He was with both teams when they switched. Cool. And then the Hurricanes oh. on their upswing. But then they traded him to Pittsburgh and then he was with yeah. Toronto. Um, like Ottawa, Ottawa, obviously, you know, not a, not a great team this year, but they needed him around for leadership. But, you know, you look at all those teams, those were all like Ron Hainsey was a part of the development of all of those franchises. And, and now Toronto, um, Carolina, well, I guess Carolina, uh, Winnipeg, Columbus, um, you know, they've all been sort of powerhouse teams. So he's left a good legacy. Mm-hmm. The no. Leafs are, are better for having had Ron Hainsey. Agreed. And I, I wouldn't have even been completely upset if he came back. It was just the top paired. Like, stop. What are you doing? Yeah. No, it wasn't it's Ron. It was, the guy. it was Mike Babcock's usage of Ron Hainsey. Oh, <laughs> I would love to see Sheldon Keefe's use of Ron Hainsey. But, but here's the thing. Ron Hainsey's career in the NHL began before we were in high school. No. 2001. No. Yes. What? Jesse, how old were you in 2001? Uh, 92 minus nine. You weren't even at double digits in age. I was nine years old. <laughs> Think about that. Absurd. What? Crazy. Like, that's, cra- it's a, uh, that's a long There's got to be, like, what? Less than a handful of guys who have in the league who are, have played for the Thrashers? Left? Yeah. I yeah. mean, Vander Kane was one of them. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's one. Yeah. Ilya Kovalchuk. There's a bunch oh, of guys yeah. on the um, on the Jets still, but like just floating around the league. There's not a ton. No. Okay. Um, and two. So the list of players from his draft class who have played more NHL games than him is Justin Williams and Scott Hartnell. That's it. That's a damn good pick. Damn good yeah. pick. Too bad Montreal couldn't make use of it, but you know, obviously it just wasn't going to work there. That's a key thing. Uh, when I did the trade tree about Pronger, I mm-hmm. gave the Oilers more kudos than people gave them for that trade because some of the players involved, like Ladislav Schmid, for example, that's not a great player. But, dude, he played almost 500 games for the organization. There's, there's value in the fact that he actually got into that many games, mm-hmm. right? He didn't have to be a Hall of Famer, and he was mm-hmm. only part of the deal. Yep. Games played is uh, hard, Ben. It's hard to stay in the league. Andrew Ladd, New York Islanders. I keep forgetting he's even in the league. I know. I keep forgetting he was ever an Islander. Um, and it's yeah. funny because that July 1st, 2016. Awful. If it hasn't already, it's, it's must go down. Is probably the worst free agent group ever. It's, it's Some of the worst money you've ever seen spent. Unbelievably bad. David Backus, I think, was part of it. Oh, yeah. And I think, really? um, wasn't that the Kyle Pozo deal? And the... I think so. Yeah. And Pozo's case, it's, it's been injury, but... Yes, but like that's part of it. Right? Yeah, it's a little bit part of it. Although his situation, I think, is different. It's not like a bum knee. I think wasn't it a brain thing? Oh yeah, like he had. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. There's another oh. guy like so oh, skilled, but I, every I, time I, he gets hit, I'm like, oh Jesus, get off the ice. I got the list. Yeah. You ready for the list? The, the it's, July it's 2016 fun. list. I got it here too. List. Yeah. Go I'm going to start at the bottom. Okay. And I actually didn't mind this deal when it was signed because he is a bit of or was a bit of an analytics darling. David Schlemko, four years, eight point four million dollars. Dale Weiss, Dale Weiss, remember Dale Weiss? Dutch Gretzky. Yeah, that's right. 
four years, $9.4 million. The Yo. Leafs made the list. No, no kidding. Matt Martin, four years, $10 million. $10 million bucks. A deal that Lou Lamorello signed and then later traded for. James Reimer, five years, $17 million. Which didn't look bad at the What's time because they had a year? That's three uh, and a three, half. 3.4. Oh, okay. That's nah, not bad. Yeah. Which is his this, number. This next one is bad. The Troy Brower Calgary deal was not the a Brower play. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, then we get into David Backus, 32 years old, five years, $30 million. You're 30 signing a guy till he's 37. Yeah. What do you think? Well, uh, you could always be Detroit and sign Franz Nielsen, who was the same age to a six-year deal worth $31.5 million. Oh. <laughs> or you could be the Vancouver Canucks, who signed a 31-year-old Louis Erickson to a six-year $36 million. Nightmare deal. Nightmare. And and then you got, and it just keeps getting better. So then you got the Andrew Ladd deal, seven years, $38.5 million, 5.5 for a year. And then you get into probably the worst one in terms of money spent versus value. Oh. Milan Lucic, Edmonton Oilers. Seven million, sorry, seven years, 42 million bucks. Six million bucks per. And credit to them. They got out from under it. They did. Yes. You know what? Somehow. True. And I wouldn't. I give give Ken Holland all the credit in the world for that one. And then Kyle Lacpozo also on that list. Almost Um, all of those deals. Like this isn't a hindsight thing. Almost all of those deals sucked the moment they were signed. Yeah. That was the thing. Like it was, (laughs) it was when, when those deals, like I remember the Matt Martin deal going, what? I thought the Leafs were going to be analytically inclined. Yeah. But, but even, that was also uh, Stamkos' summer, right? Stamkos, yes. yeah, it was. Signed his deal, so which was a great deal for the yeah. Lightning. Huge bargain, huge, huge bargain. bargain. Huge. The only good one, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, was, True. that was a huge bargain. But even even Matt Martin, I remember the day it was signed, um, sort of being like, because the Leafs had a little bit of cap to play with, um, and being like, okay, I get the purpose of having him, but how is he going to be on this team uh, three years from now? Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he wasn't. So well, it was. You it was had somebody those. tell you that he wouldn't be. Well, yeah. And then he wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Like the person was like, ah, calm down, Steve. Don't worry. They won't be. And somebody in the know was like, he won't be here in four years. And he yeah. wasn't. Um, number 12 on the list of people we may have seen the last of Jimmy Howard. Yo, that guy. Mm, do you have the numbers? Talk, talk, talk about him, Adam. Talk about him. Well, what good. do you want me to tell you? Uh, the numbers. Whatever okay. you got in front of you. So it's been a tough year in Detroit for Jimmy Howard. Now, I want to throw something out there. In my EA Sports NHL Be a Career, Be a Pro Career, uh-huh. I was drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks, who decided to retain neither Robin Leonard, well, they couldn't, couldn't I guess because they traded him, nor Corey Car- Crawford. They signed Jimmy Howard. And I have some issues with my Be a Player career anyway. But Jimmy Howard is much better in the game than what it worked out to be in Detroit this year. In 27 games in Detroit this year, Jimmy Howard had a 420 goals against average. Cool. Went is it legal two, in Michigan? He went oh. two twenty three and two. Oh. And say that. Say that slowly. Two say wins. the record. Say the record. <laughs> two twenty three and two. Two total, wins, 23 20, losses. In, 25, in, really. In, and, and yeah, and he played 20. So that means he played 27 games and he got a total of six points out of oh. a possible 56. <gasps> and 
His save percentage is an 882. Okay, he now, won. Detroit was bad. He Detroit yeah. was bad. Jimmy bad. Howard won his first game of the season. A gem against the Nashville Predators, 42 saves on 45 shots. His next win, so that was on October 5th, then he lost one, two, three, four, five straight games before beating the Edmonton Oilers, stopping 32 of 33 on October 29th. That was his final win. He yep. hasn't won since. <laughs> he has not won since October wow. 29th. He if he retires now, he will retire having his last win in 2019. And he didn't even win against the four games they won against Montreal. That was all Jonathan Bernier, right? Bernier's been good. Yes, yeah. Has well, Bernier been it? good or has Bernier been better than Howard? What are been, what are Bernier's numbers? He's been Bernier, which he's been career average, but that's really good for Detroit. Uh, let me pull him up. Let me pull him up. Jonathan Bernier. Why do I keep about, looking at my phone? I got a computer in front of me. Um, <laughs> he, this is pretty good on a bad team. 46 games, 15 wins, 22 losses, three overtime losses. Man, on Detroit, like yeah, not that's bad. good. That's and good. A save percent, sorry, a goals against average of two ninety five, which is uh, about twenty points higher than his career average. Although last year it was a three sixteen, which was way worse. Two ninety five uh, versus four twenty. <laughs> yes, and it's no a shot. A nine oh seven save percentage. You got to uh, score five goals to mm-hmm. win a Jimmy Howard game. Yep, and you're the last place team in the league. Okay, have score. fun. Have fun. Can't score. Have fun. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, so it's it might no be no shot. Um, by the way, I want to throw this out there. My EA SH or EA NHL team kind of this kind of sucks. So I've been playing, but I boosted myself up to all-star and somehow I made the Chicago Blackhawks and I'm their number one center in my first year. And my rating is a 71. And I'm on oh, a line with like, Oh, I'm on a line with Debrincat and Kane. And here's the problem. I keep yeah. getting hit. I've had two concussions and a hernia. And <sighs> of the 55 games that this, this season I'm supposed to have played, I've only played in six. What? What are you? Oh, my God. Rookie, uh, I keep getting injured. What's your game mode? It's, it's be a pro. No, no, no. I mean, um, like the, the gameplay. Is all-star. It difficulty? All-star. Yeah, the difficulty. It's, it's on all-star. all-star. Yeah. All-star is huh. hard, man. That doesn't make sense. I'm, on be a pro it's hard no that actually that happened to me i haven't played be a pro in a while but my rookie season i couldn't stay healthy and i played no, no, it doesn't times. make sense that they put you on the first line no it no, doesn't make sense weird. that i'm not with rockford or wherever no, you shouldn't you shouldn't be playing well if you're 76 overall and in be like pro and on all like, I'm, I'm good at the game like I, I can put up points and stuff and like i said last episode there are certain players on that on that in that um, game that are cheat codes patrick kane's one of them so you just feed him the puck and he scores but it's like, like I can't score a goal. Like it's impossible to score a goal. Yeah, like it's not happening. you're 76 and you're a rookie and you 71. shouldn't be. Sorry, yeah. 71. 71. You shouldn't be on the first lot. Yeah. You shouldn't be ahead of Dylan Strom, let alone Jonathan Taves. No. <laughs> no. Like, no. What? It's weird. Holy. It's wild. It's crazy. Um, All right. Number Adam. 13 on the list is Trevor Daly. Oh my God, he should have finished playing two years ago. Yeah. Where is but he now? Yeah, Detroit. Detroit. Oh, okay. And like he's. He's noticeably bad on the league's worst team. He's done. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when uh, you had contract? Stars. 
I always thought he looked okay when he was on the stars. He was. Like he was so very good. Ago. Oh, dude, he used to be amazing. I used to. He used to be a sick NHL video game player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like just a water bug. But I, I asked. It's funny working with former players because I, I, I go, what's, what's the thought process there? Why did he sign that three-year deal in Detroit? And someone goes, well, uh, the millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. They gave him, I think it was nine mil. It was, what was Over it? three years, yeah. Three Take times that. three? Yeah. Who cares? Well, he, yeah. He won, and, cups with, he won two cups in a row with the Penguins and then cashed out. Good. And, and you probably figure, uh, I'll get traded. And worst case scenario, nine million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And living in a pretty affordable place like, you know, Detroit or Ann Arbor or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, it's great. <laughs> or wherever the hell you want because you make nine right. million bucks. <laughs> right. But three million bucks in Toronto buys you a whole lot less than it would in Detroit. Live in Hawaii and right? commute. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, you you got super villain money. Like, do whatever you want. <laughs> um, live, in, live on a boat in Lake Michigan. Like, do whatever you want. Who is, Steve, the defenseman from the 2004 draft who has played the fourth most amount of games? Okay. Four and I'm going to give you the three names who are ahead of them. That's Ovechkin and Malkin. Yeah, that's draft, the year, yeah. the 2004 draft. Mm. The 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 names before him are Mike Green, Alex Edler, Alex Goligoski. Who is uh, from that draft? Who has played the fourth most amount of games from the 2004 draft? Who did this player play most of their games with? I am not going to tell you anything. I'm not going to tell you anything. Okay, okay. Actually, this player, this player is not the type of player that would have a name synonymous with that. You know, with 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 certain like with Alex Petrangelo, you could you pick a guy. With Chris Pronger, you could imagine some of the like you know you I, to me when I think Chris Pronger, and I know that St. Louis fans are going to hate this, but I think of well, I either think of like him with Niedermeyer or him, I guess, with Scott Stevens back in the day, or they were traded. I don't even know. But like St. Louis fans would think of Chris Pronger differently, but I think of Chris Pronger on Anaheim with Scott Niedermeyer, right? This is a player that wouldn't have a defense. It was like, we're putting you with whoever is also on that line with you. I, mm, I don't know if he's this old. Uh, Jeff Petrie? Not Jeff Petrie, and this player is not that old. 33. Fourth most games played, eh? Yeah. That's not Jeff Petrie. I don't know. I don't know. I'm struggling. Roman Polak. Get ah! out! Wow! <laughs> Crazy, right? There's another guy, man. Um, good. You know, you can't, you can't hate on the amount of games he's played. No. It's, no. How many games has he played? Uh, I'll have to look that up. Uh, he's been around. See, if you had said he played most of his games with the St. Louis Blues, I might have guessed him. Okay. Maybe. Eh, it's been a long time since Polak played with the Blues. Yeah. Uh, he's played 806 games. Wow. It's a lot of games. And a lot like, of games. He, it's unreal he's still playing. It's yeah. unreal. Dude, the, the injury he got against the Capitals, that should have been it. He shattered his leg. Yeah. And then he couldn't, got back. Couldn't walk. I remember we were at – we did um, – that was a Dangle Navy uh, at the Marlies game. Yes. When we found out that he signed his deal. Yes. Is that the one where you guys rode the tricycle at intermission? I think it is. I think it is, yeah. <laughs> that was and they, fun. And people thought that was, um, that was like a because it was a sponsored thing. No, like no. we were buying – I think Adam was looking at a jersey. Yeah, they're like, hey, you look like fans. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was when we tricycle. first walked in, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah we're fans. Yeah. 
<laughs> and Adam, Adam's struggling because his handlebars are like bent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, if you want to, if you want to know what we're talking about, you can go to our YouTube channel and it's up there. The full. Oh yeah. Adam oh yeah. Adam what would Steve you type Grace. in? Oh, tricycle Steve da- Steve Dangle tricycle. If you just type that into the YouTube, fun. you'll awesome. find it. That's or you know, Adam Wild tricycle or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I never name search whoever finished second in the race. No. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> okay, that was good. That was yeah. good. But I, uh, I don't know. Do, do you type in uh, Ben Johnson Sky Dome? No. Or, or <laughs> Donovan Bailey, baby. Donovan Bailey. Um, Jonathan Erickson is the last one to round out this list. Um, he was. <laughs> it's funny. James says at very, at his very best, he was a modest second pair type. And that was what landed him an ill-advised six year, $4.25 million contract in 2014. That is just finishing up now. So he signed his deal around the time we started this podcast. Horrendous. Horrendous. Like, that's insane. Horrendous. And wasn't he the last overall pick his year? I don't know. Was I think he, he was. Well, yeah, I mean, he, listen, the fact that he's played as much as he has, good for him. I don't think if Detroit sure. had been a great team uh, through those years, uh, Jonathan Erickson's not on that team. Like, he doesn't make that team. He's, Jonathan Erickson is not, especially towards the end, a player that a really, really good hockey team probably has on the thing. But you got to give him credit. And here's the thing. Don't lock up middling guys to, to that much money for that long. Like he's 36. He was 30 when he signed that deal. Six-year deal. Six-year deals for 30 30 year olds are gonna be tough. And it what may it makes me wonder if five, six years from now, how long did Jake Muzzin sign for? Four years? Four. Okay. Not bad. I'll take that. But like imagine he got in five or six. Jake Muzzin's on this list in five years. Oh yeah. Right? I, you know what I was about to say, and I'm glad I checked. I was gonna say, you know, part of the reason Jonathan Erickson lasted that long, right-handed shot. Nope. He's a lefty. Just another lefty. He was one of, man, he's been on the Red Wings so long that if I'm not mistaken, remember uh, the the HBO 24-7 where Babcock was losing his mind Mm -hmm. because he he was noted being a big, you know, having right-handed guys on the right and left-handed guys on the left. He had six left-handed D because everyone was hurt and he was losing his mind. Well, Mike With three Babcock guys did, playing their offside. Mike Babcock would rather lose games than play people on their offhand. Like he was, he was way too inflexible about that. Unless your name's Ron Hainsey for yeah, yeah for some reason. Years. Insane. He was uh, he he. Mike Babcock was the I before E except after C of coaches. <laughs> That's sometimes why. Yeah, yeah sometimes. like yeah, like <laughs> rules. But sometimes Hainsey. <laughs> Rules that broke for no good reason. Like, mm-hmm. just, oh, God. Yep. Um, Ty goes to the veteran, unless I don't really like you, and then fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless I decide I don't like you. You don't have to give me a reason. Right. Yeah, unless from the day I set eyes on you, Jason Spezza. Like, yeah. Uh, just, yeah, anyway. Yeah, Jason Spezza won that one. He um, sure did. Honorable mentions on this list. Mike Smith in Edmonton. Andy Green in New York with the Islanders, not who is not a devil anymore, which is really weird. Uh, Derek England, who I did not think was still playing, but he's still playing in Vegas. Uh, Justin Abdelkader in Detroit, which, yeah, you have to think. And Trevor Lewis in Los Angeles. Uh, Trevor Lewis. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He was always a guy who he – I mean, he was a first-round pick. He never quite achieved the level that he should have. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. He was always kind of a depth guy, but he was always a guy who I remember. He he was one of the early guys. Analytics people were like, listen, he maybe doesn't have the high-end skill of of a lot of other guys, but he's a great depth player, good defensively. Yeah. Um, So that's – I think that's all the hockey stuff we're going to do for today because um, uh, there's something you should check out, though. Sportsnet's got a big read. And I'm not, I'm going like Sportsnet, Sportsnet, Sportsnet. They've got some great content out. Sportsnet, and we have, and we have no affiliation with them. Uh, Steve does, but you know the rest of us, you know. Uh, but I do want to say this: they do a great they do a great breakdown of the 1919 uh, pandemic, the Spanish flu, um, and uh, it's a fascinating time in history because there's so much going on, and guys who actually played in the Stanley Cup final, which ended up being canceled, ended up passing away. Like it's crazy. Wow. So it's a crazy story. You should absolutely check it out and read it. And it it's just a flashback to a completely different time when the world had just got itself out of a war and there were no medical supplies and everybody's over in Europe and there's no doctors around. Like you want to talk about a you know overwhelming the health system. How about when all the doctors are in an, on another continent? You know what I mean? Like it's just it's it was it's a crazy thing and you should absolutely check it out because it's just a great great deep dive back into our history. Um, and a little bit crazy that it's happening 100 years almost to the to the to the month later. Um, yeah. So let's do. Do we have time for a little press conference, Jesse? Do you have a yeah, question lined we up? We have. Uh, we have one question. Okay. Uh, if I can, if you give me a second, I'll pull the it up. Steve right. I can't. Press conference. It is from uh, Stephen Vogel, Meth Shin on Twitter. Okay. Hi, Stephen. Adam's thoughts on. Rommel. R-O-M-M-E-L. Rommel, like the... Rommel. Yeah, wasn't he... Uh, the Desert he Fox. Saw. All right, Adam. This is your time to shine. Let's hear it. Uh, okay. Let me let me preface this by saying any German uh, 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 officer from the Second World War has to be viewed under the scope of the Nazi party. There's no way around that. You have to look at that. And so this is a Nazi. I don't know who this well, is. Yeah. If, if, if it's spelled R O M M E L Rommel. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So this is a Nazi. I mean, they're, I, they I recognized work. it right away. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that what the, what the, the, the first, the difference between the first world war German army and the second world war is the first world war army is an army. The second world war in the officer class is oftentimes political appointments and an army. And that's a big difference. So they wanted hardcore Jeez. Nazis in there. There were guys in there like Heinz Guderian who were general, like Heinz Guderian was a tank commander. He was one of the major uh, reasons why France fell so quickly. And he pioneered what tank technology and tactics became um, and is, is well studied today by all armies that have tanks. Um, he was a, a career officer. So he was going to fight for Germany no matter who was in power. Uh, Rommel's, I believe a little bit different. Uh, he was a guy that was very, very talented and did a lot with a little, um, you have to remember that, that, um, you know, uh, Italy fought this war too. And one of the things, yeah, poorly. One of the things that Mussolini was, you know, that, that pushed him into power was he wanted to restore Italian pride and Italian nationalism and rah, rah, rah. And he wanted to recreate the Roman empire. That was what Mussolini's thing was. So the re- so they invaded like Ethiopia and they have these gigantic guns going up against, you know, tribal people who do not have gigantic guns. Maybe they've got rifles. Maybe the rifles are 30 years old 
uh, and and so they're they're fighting each other, and so the Italians kind of win that in a walk. Abyssinia, I believe, is the is the name of the place that they uh, invaded. Anyway, long story short, the reason that that the Italians are in the desert, which we'll get we'll get to Rommel in a second, is because they're trying to recreate the Roman Empire. Um, and they're so trying stupid. to ca- conquer along that coast, like with where Carthage would have been, which I think is present day Libya, uh, right up into like where French Morocco would have been. Um, and the Italian huh? army, when it has to go face to face with England, because England was trapped on its island. So Winston Churchill said, okay, um, well, let's attack somewhere else. We can't go into France. We don't have the support. We need the Americans for that. The Americans were still a couple years away. So they put um, British troops in Northern Africa and the Italians just folded. They just fell apart. Not uh, known not, for their fighting prowess. Yeah. Well, they were at one point in history, but just not in this particular era. Nope. Um, and so the, 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 they were not well supplied, not well put together, whatever. Um, and then the, so the Germans have to go in and kind of save their bacon and Rommel is not given enough men, not given enough support and was constantly short on fuel and was still able to push the British to the absolute breaking point. Um, and then I think, you know, cause, cause you know, the, 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 the high command of the German army was basically Hitler and his goons. Uh, they were just maniacs and they're like doing well, meth. Yeah. Doing meth, doing meth, literally doing facts, meth. Yes. And, and medically doctor prescribed meth. Yes. As was <laughs> a lot of the population too. And um they were they were complete maniacs and so hardcore like you know you like rama would say listen i need more support and the germans would say well you're not going to get or like high command would say you're not going to get it and he'd say okay well then we need to retreat because we're going to lose all these guys and and you know the high command would say well listen um no die for your country and so i think rommel ended up getting very sick because of stress um and i don't remember specifically how he died but he was known as the Desert Fox because he was impossible to find, and he did very, very damaging things to England uh, and their bigger army uh, and a better supplied army, and almost, almost took Africa, took the British right out of Africa, um, except for you know when General Montgomery on the British part was when he was promoted, then it was better and whatever. So it's a very complicated. That's one of the parts about World War II, especially from a North American perspective, that's barely covered. Because Canada wasn't involved, because Canada right. was in other theaters. Our Canadian involvement at that point was really just getting supplies to England through the Atlantic crossing. And the, so you and have- being guinea pigs in Dieppe. Yes, yes, that too. But that wasn't even until 1942, right? That's a right. different, that's a year later. Yeah. Um, the, so, and the Americans weren't involved. So there's no movies made about it. If the American, like, if, if the Americans had been involved in that, there'd be like a billion movies made about it. Uh, and the Americans were eventually involved in Northern Africa, but at that point it was just the British and Italians and the Germans. So you don't hear about that as much, but it's a very like uh, El Alamein and some of these other incredible, um, incredible scenes. Like you can, can you imagine like you're fighting and it's 50 degrees in the daytime. Celsius. And, yeah. And then it goes Celsius, like, yeah. to zero at night because it's a desert. So it freezes at night. Um, you can't imagine the, the, and, and, you know, these guys are wearing big hundred pound bags of equipment and they're marching and, you know, it's just a, it's a crazy, crazy thing when you read about it. 
if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, my my aunt by marriage's father, he was a desert rat. Was was that this what you're talking about? Probably. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't know enough about it um, to to know if that's. I, I would assume that a desert rat would be just that. Yeah. I think so. But he yeah. he the story as the story goes, he had his boots on for thirty straight days. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Insane. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And there's. I mean, there's, there's, there's a whole sector of World War One even that is completely fought in the Middle East with an, a, a country, you know, the Ottoman Empire, uh, you know, with the British, you know, forget just Gallipoli. There was other things too. And no one's talking about it over here. Yet, you know, ask people from India how they feel about that campaign. Ask people from Egypt. Both, you know, the British Empire at that point covered, you know, controlled both of those countries. So you had uh, uh, troops from, I believe, the Punjab, um, because they were, you know, they were where the British, uh, tended to pull a lot of their soldiers from and the Egyptian army, uh, that was British controlled and British officered, you know, fighting to, 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 to work their way into what is now Jordan, Saudi Arabia, all, you know, Syria, um, Israel, like all of those countries. It's, it's a crazy, the whole desert sphere of both wars is just such a fascinating thing that we know so little about because, we are so dominated by American pop culture and they make movies about Americans. Like I even, and th- I, there, I is, there is a reason it's called the world war. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And I, I, uh, uh, I, I downloaded battlefield one, which is the world war one battlefield version. Right. And they've got a world war two called, I think battlefield five. And it's kind of sad because I love that history. I don't love the events but I'm fascinated by the history. And the thing that bothers me so much about it is, yes, it's a world war. Yes, it's hard for every country to be represented. But it really bothers me that every event depicted in that, in the original game, is starring Americans. Right. And it's not because I don't like Americans. It's not because they didn't come in and, and really save the Allies in 1917, 1918, and really just 1918. It's because there was four, or was there was three and a half years of fighting before that. And there were French troops from Algiers. There were um, uh, British Indian troops. There were Canadian troops. Uh, there were, um, you know, Newfoundlanders. And Newfoundland was not a part of Canada. You're doing None a that- disservice to the actual history. Yes. And, and the whole point of that game, if you play it, is it's so beautifully done. They do such a great job in telling the stories in the actual campaign. Even in the multiplayer online, they talk about the history which I so appreciate, but they, they, it's so America centric that it, it eliminates three and a half years of a four and a half year war. And so it's that part of it really bugs me. Um, and so I, I know that sounds really stupid and I shouldn't care. And at least they're trying to tell the history, but it, that's a major criticism for me. And I guess I'm being a little bit patriotic, but Canadians played a major, major role in 1915 and 1916, especially, well, as, as the war went on, a bigger and bigger and bigger role. The Australians, uh, thankfully, at least, at least are, like uh, the Australians and New Zealanders are represented in, um, uh, represented in, uh, they do a Gallipoli sort of campaign thing where they have, you know, an Anzac, uh, an Anzac story. But it's, it's annoying to me. And here's the other part, the, the part that I hate. There's, There's nothing, nothing representative of the German, Austrian, Hungarian, Ottoman, any of that. There's no other side. And if you're going to tell that story, you can't, especially in World War I, everybody was being a jackass. Everyone. 
Yes. Everyone was, was beating their chest. That's how they got into the war in the first place. So, you, you know, I understand not wanting to tell something from a Nazi perspective. I get that. I totally get that in a World War II game. I get that. But how can you, how can you eliminate Germany, Austria, uh, uh, you know, all of the Middle East and not have that perspective? And that really bothers me too. Um, there's no, uh, I know that there's a Russian, uh, uh, Russian expansion. I haven't bought all the expansions for the game, so maybe it gets into some of that. But we need, there, there was every ethnicity was um, there's no Japanese uh, part of it too. The Japanese were a part of World War One. People forget that they were on the Allied side. Yep. Um, there's no perspective from uh, other than this sort of mo- small microcosm. And I micro and and I know that they tried their best to include all races. You know, the Russian had a uh, Russia had a women's brigade brigade that just sprang up and started, and then they you know they went to the front. And so that, I believe the expansion pack is about that. But I think they did. I think they did it a disservice. And I think they left, leave people with a very America-centric and not really a historically accurate uh, picture of what happened. And that's what they were trying to do. Sorry, rants about this something is, stupid that no one cares about. I love history, and I don't think there's any bit of history I could do off the top of my head the way you do everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, was that boring? I, I hope I didn't. I just, no, it just no, me. Like it, there was a reason we weren't talking. <laughs> right. I, was, I, I was like... Well, I just, I don't yeah? see, I don't know. I don't know how you can have... A war that kills what was it, sixty million or sorry, was it sixty million in World War Two? I, I don't know how you could kill. Like, let's say it was twenty million soldiers, I think, or something in the First World War, which is in a crazy number. And then half of them are just not represented at all. There's no story. I still, I still like. I've listened to a lot about World War One, and and I, I'm still, I don't have a clear picture as to why it started. Other that's than been per- debated for, that's been debated ever since. Yeah, like it just it seemed like the, okay. There were a number of countries that didn't like each other, but mm-hmm. there was no real reason for no. them to go to war. No. There's countries in the world that don't like each other now, and they're not at war. Like I, it's, I think at the heart of it, it's a foreign policy thing, and it's a government system thing. So the it way we can like have policy, all this new technology, and let's just see what it does. Yeah, but but I think. I think ultimately nobody really wanted it. It was sort of a, the foreign policy at the time was empire based. Well, we need to grab as much land as we can and subjugate all these people. And, and, and we need to be powerful and rich, which is still sort of the case, but now it's, you know, it's done through diplomacy. Back then it was chess beating and you had a lot less democracy. Like that, you know, in, in Germany at, in, at, in world war one, it was the Kaiser, the Caesar, the King, who was related to the British royal family and the Russian royal family. He used to, he used to write um, the Russian czar and he, and he call him his cousin, Nikki. Yep. And then they were, and then they went to war. There was, there was one thing I remember uh, at least from the German side where basically Russia had a much bigger population, but they were so much further behind technologically. Mm-hmm. And some of the advice was, it seemed like there was going to be a war at some point. Yes. And under the advice of someone, I can't remember who it was, they were basically like, okay, listen, if you go to war now, there's a good chance you win. If you go to war in 10 years, Russia will kill you. Yeah, that was based on railroads. Railroads, right. Yeah, yeah. So when uh, Russia was building up railroads along the, the uh, what had been like Poland, right? I mean, Poland had been partitioned at that point, but yeah. along that, that area um, because they thought a war with Germany was coming. So both sides sort of were like responsible in that. It's just a bunch of dumb leaders 
being dumb. And it became being a lot dumb. of governments that that system was outdated. You couldn't run the world based on kings and queens anymore. It just right. wouldn't work. And, and because, because the, the, the cost of that is so deadly, was so bad and so ruinous to the world that it, it brought down a lot of governments. And you, for, you know what's a really interesting part of history? The last, the three years after World War I in Germany. If you want a fascinating piece of history, uh, just politically, oh my God, crazy, just crazy stuff. So, so. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Oh. So next episode, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, everyone was... DM me or at me your next question for Adam's history corner of the podcast. Sorry, that devolved into a really <laughs> stupid rant. I'm In transition, that. so we talked about the Eastern Front, Russia, Alexander Barabanov. So the least <laughs> might sign Alexander. <laughs> uh, are we going to get into him or are we done? I feel no, we're done. We're done. done. I mean, we could talk about him, but I get, we, we, listen. Do you have something to say? We got no, weeks to talk about Bear Banoff. There's not a, an abundance of things to say. If you want, you can watch the video on my channel. Uh, really quick, Igor Aranko said that uh, it sounds like there's a good chance Alexander Barabanov. He's a uh, KHL player with uh, SKA St. Petersburg. Good chance he signs with Toronto. There's also a chance he might sign with the Arizona Coyotes. He was a member of the 2018 gold medal winning Russian hockey team at that Olympics. That, uh, um, that definitely count. It, it, well, yeah, sure, sort of. Um, there were there were no NHL players there. He was one of the youngest players on that Russian team. All the players who were younger than him, big things are expected of them. Um, Mikhail Grigorenko is within a month of his age, but month of his age. There, are, I mean, there are rumors with lots of top Russian prospects. Oh, this guy's birth certificate, that guy's birth certificate. The noise is the loudest with Grigorenko, so I'm always the I'm always weary of him. Um, he is listed on HockeyDB as 5'8", like 160 pounds. Everywhere else, elite prospects. I think the KHL site has him at 5'9", 190. Mm-hmm. So wow. he's got some beef to him. That's uh, not a close discrepancy. Like, no, that's, not that's at huge. all. 30 pounds. <laughs> 30 pounds is a lot. Um, and, a couple, and a couple inches. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he sounds like Trevor Moore, kind of. And uh, he's going to turn 26 this summer. So you're getting sort of a, you're getting a, um, you're getting a guy. You're, you're not getting, <laughs> you're not getting someone that you're going to, uh, you know, some assembly required. You're right. getting, he is what he is. Yeah. Um, you know, there's going to be adjustments to the North American game, just like Elian McKayev, but he is what he is. Don't expect him. Oh, he put up 20 points this season. That means he's going to put up 40 in a couple of years. Uh, that's, that's not it. Um, and then I'm trying to think of uh, other stuff that I noted about him. Uh, forward mm-hmm. wish he was a defenseman <laughs> but he's not so. yeah yeah well <laughs> is is what it is you still need cheap forwards you know I, I know a lot of leaf fans roll their eyes but like if you're gonna have the expensive forwards you gotta have the the cheap ones too yeah so when there are games you'll need the forwards yeah and there was uh, a famous general named barabanov was there or not adam I don't think so. <laughs> I made that up. I made that up. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, uh, probably. Yeah, probably. Someone's here. Actually, ironically. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure there's people that could have given you a much more uh, detailed description uh, of all the shit I just talked about. So I, I can't wait till next episode. When we all get right, next guys. Question. Love you. <laughs> uh, we'll see you Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening. There's more hockey stuff to talk about, but 
it's not all that interesting. I'll be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we will, uh, we'll see you then. Thank you so much until then for listening. And please do not forget to tell us your stories, all the good news stuff, the people that deserve shout outs. We all want to hear. We're going to pick one each, each episode and we're going to roll through. It's about the humanity of this. Um, it's an ugly time, uh, but we're all going to get through this together. Thank you so much. on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.